0: All right, people, let's do this one last time. My name is Darren Mooney.
1: I'm Graham. I'm Breed.
0: I'm Luke. (laughs) And I'm Andrew. And we were bitten by a radioactive podcasting bug. And for the past two years, we've been hosting a podcast called The 250, covering the IMDb's top 250 movies of all time. I'm pretty sure you know the rest. We discussed a bunch of movies.
2: Robocop. Robocop. Robocop.
0: Had some controversial opinions. Like, let's be honest, Coco is the best adaptation of a Macklemore song ever. Done a bit of singing. Welcome to the 250 show.
2: Again. I'd like to talk about the film in more depth. Spoiler zone, spoiler zone, let us hear some fan theories.
0: And again. Hey, piddle, piddle, hey, piddle, piddle, piddle.
2: Hey, piddle, piddle, piddle yo, ho, ho. Ho, ho, Christmas, 250 podcast. Hey, piddle, 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 piddle yo. And uh
0: we did this. But, yeah. <laughs> sure, it was a period of
1: general disillusionment. Yeah. I just, it's
0: just that water it case. So fucking of course. But you have this idea. Darren's building
1: himself. You. Yeah. <laughs> I just love the idea that it's just
0: like the moon was a letdown. Am I right, guys? <laughs> like,
1: Darren goes out every night, looks up at the moon and says, like, on onto you. Yeah. I just yeah. love
0: the idea that a moon was our moon, the moon was one more
1: disappointment in a series of disappointments. Well, there were no moon calves on it, like H. C. Wells Good to Good night, us. moon,
3: you boring pieces.
0: We don't really talk about that. Anyway, what really matters is that we're here today to discuss the one, the only, Into the Spider-Verse. Alright, so um, this is the first new entry of 2019. Released in December 2018, the animated Spider-Man film, uh, Into the Spider-Verse, which soared into the list. It arrived, I think, around 32. It's been climbing ever since. It's now the 26th greatest movie of all time, according to IMDb voters. Oh. I did not know it was that high. <laughs> that yeah. is
1: impressive.
0: That is impressive. And normally the way these things work is they come in and they drop. Same mm. thing happened with, for example, Infinity War, which came in around 10 and is now somewhere in like the 40s. I think it's maybe even lower. Stuff like Deadpool, which came in around 212 and dropped out very quickly. Through a Ragnarok, similar deal. This is interesting because this has come in and this is climbing. And it looks like it's not going anywhere fast, which is phenomenal. I mean, it got uh, at the weekend it picked up a Golden Globe for Best Animated Film. Um, it's doing very well at the box office. It is apparently appropriately enough the leggiest Spider-Man film in terms of the multiplier of its original thing. <laughs> there have been two greenlit sequels already, which is quite impressive. Spin-offs, poss- TV spin-offs, possibly. Yeah, uh, animated shorts, possibly starring Spider Ham. Uh, so as <laughs> it's, a, it's a cultural phenomenon, and uh, yeah, it's 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 fantastic. Um, I know that I ranked it as one of the best films of last year. I know Luke did as well because I think we discussed it on the Scan on Podcast. That's right. It was in. That was number six, I think, in my I top ten
2: four. for the year. That was four, wasn't it? Uh, it Who was cares <laughs> okay, about these things? Numbers it was one of
0: Those well. things are shiftable. It yeah. was it was very, very good. The list is, is malleable, Yeah, as yeah. these things tend to be. But let's talk a little bit about this. So this is the first time that Andrew had seen the film. Yes. Because we went in this morning and we saw it at a kid-friendly screening this afternoon, Darren. It's okay, fine. Hey, I'm still on, uh, still on holiday time. So, <laughs> On the record, yeah. Just uh, answer the question. Um, but yeah. <laughs> like I was half twelve when we watched this. Yes, but uh, well, yeah, we're about to start at twelve. But um, yeah. it was it was similar to the. I think Graham went to see The Incredibles two with us, and we had a similar experience mm-hmm. where we went to a screen that was buzzing. With kids, and it was it was an experience. Yeah. I think, mm. in some ways, shape, or form. But uh, what did you guys make of it? So, Graham, you'd seen this before. Luke, yeah. you'd always seen it before. Breed, you'd seen it before as well. Yeah. What were your first impressions of it? Like, so you'd seen this. This is what the sixth Spider-Man film in so many. Yeah. No, yeah. seventh. I mean. Do we count J- Japanese? Yeah. Do we count Japanese Spider-Man? Um, <laughs> but in, in so many years since 2000, you have had yeah, the three most. Raimi movies, the two amazing Spider-Man films. And the uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, not to mention his involvement in the various Avengers movies. Civil War and yeah. Infinity War. So, people were, you know, there was an argument that people were going to be Spider-Manned out by the time that you got the animated Spider-Man film from Sony Animation, starring six separate Spider-Men. Did we spider- feel... Spider-People? Did we? Spider- oh, fair <laughs> point. Did we feel spider people out? No, God, no.
1: I don't think so, no.
4: No, definitely not. Um, and I, I think with Sony, there was that kind of, for years back there was the worry that that was going to happen
5: because mm. they were very very eager and are still very eager to use that IP as much as <laughs> possible.
4: But it's
0: all they have. Yeah, name another IP. <laughs> but no, 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 but it is, it is worth noting that like for Sony, this is one of the things where in the late 90s when Marvel went bankrupt, the vultures started circling and people went and picked the uh, I, that, yeah. He's a villain. But they came in and they picked the IPs that they wanted. That's how, for example, Fox ended up with the X-Men. And uh, Sony ended up with Spider-Man. So Universal but, with the Hulk. Yeah, because those are the projects that they thought people wanted. Like, the reason the Marvel Cinematic Universe is built from Iron Man is because, like, Marvel, at the end, in the mid-naughties, were looking at their, like, pool of talent and saying, this is the one guy we have. I hope we can build a Cinematic Universe for him. The irony is that it's changed dramatically since, to the point where, like, all Sony have now is Spider-Man. Marvel desperately want him they, back. They, well, they, on, they have uh, one other character that was quite prominent in 2018.
5: <laughs> Yes, yes. Don't do. Do. We, we, we die, I don't want to talk about <laughs> Why, but, but, One of the highest grossing films of 2018. 850 million. Excuse me. Yeah, you,
3: but it was the year of the You're saga. not
2: going to make us watch this on a, spe- <laughs> on a special um, bonus episode. Have you, seen, have you, seen it? Have you seen it? Um, I mean, maybe if we have a Patreon or something. (laughs) Venom (laughs) conspicuously absent from the list.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Listeners, if you want venom to happen, start the hashtag trending venom two fifty people. But But, uh, I
4: remember around the kind of amazing Spider-Man two times we, mm, we yeah. call them the dark days <laughs> um, uh, there was a lot of kind of industry talk about Sony were looking to do the Sinister Six yeah, yeah. with and like, Drew Goddard directing I yeah. writing and directing and that's made uh, origin, origin, origin story. origin um, <laughs> story I mean she's I presume <laughs> yeah it's
2: like what does it take for a person to become an aunt <laughs> <laughs> one of their brothers hey, or sisters I, I would have to have a child and,
0: um, I love the idea of doing like a Mark Duplass style Aunt May origin story Which is,
1: actually she just had to marry Ben <laughs> oh he, yeah but, isn't that? He, but he's not he is
5: he's the great he's the great ne- ne- nephew of uh, of Aunt May her her actual nephew is Richard Parker his dad well, of course. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. Okay, <laughs> no one needed to know or care about this. No, that's
2: fine. Well, no, this is great for is people. Her
5: no, it is. is
0: it, yeah, because it's not May Parker, because. June.
5: <laughs> what <May>.
0: is her. <laughs>
5: what because is that maiden beca- surname? Because her, because her nephew is Richard Parker?
0: Tomei. Tomei. <laughs> <Yeah>. May <laughs> Tomei. No, it's, it's Issa yeah. Tomei. <laughs> 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 May Rissa Tomei. But anyway. <laughs> But yeah, there was that time when Sony were apparently planning to like they looked at the Marvel universe with envious eyes and decided they were going to build ready to take them on. But, uh,
5: <laughs>
4: but the reason I bring it up is it just it seemed very much from the outside looking in that they had no idea what they were doing. No. And as it, at least as it pertains to this film,
5: they they obviously did. and then the Sony hacks happened, and then we it was all confirmed they had no idea what they were doing.
2: Well, I think I think like the. It's it's a problem that doesn't kind of exist for me because because with the with the Tobey Maguire Spider Man movie it had been so long since there had been a Spider Man movie um, that uh, that I was going to that I was going to watch it and I was probably the right age to see it but I didn't watch any of those other so. other movies on un, until Spider Man Homecoming
3: which we had to do for the
2: list yeah I didn't I I didn't see the second or third Tobey Maguire movie. Um, um, oh, so
5: the dance is completely lost on you. No, yeah. I feel like
0: the dance permeated pop culture. I feel like <laughs> yeah. you're aware of the dance. You're Brady's aware never, of the dance. he's never
5: seen Spider-Man
2: 3. Oh, that's yeah. what that was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, now I get it. But it,
0: it is remarkable because, again, like, and it happened with Homecoming as well. When Homecoming was released, there was a lot of, like, <clears> do we really need another Spider-Man movie in our lives? And we probably didn't. No, no not really. Especially
5: another uh, origin story.
0: But uh, with this, this is fascinating because I... I want more of this yeah. immediately, which is stunning. Mm. I've seen this three times, me too. and I just I want more of this. This is what for me superhero movies should be. It's fun, it's playful, it's quick, it moves lightning fast. It's everything that I want from a from a superhero movie. But what about you guys? What did you make of it? Just very briefly, very. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much the same. I you know um,
4: I went into it and I. I didn't really have any expectations. Um, like, the trailer for it looked quite good, but trailers can kind of... Check you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I came out of it feeling really jazzed and really kind of like, why can't they all be like this kind yeah. of a thing? Um, it's just, it's very... I don't know, encouraging is kind of the word that I would use. It, it kind of, it rewards your enthusiasm. and It rewards what you put into it. And uh, seeing it a second time, it did that again. You know, and... You can definitely see people responding to that because I went to see it for the second time last night and like it came out kind of started December and the start of January now and it was full, like completely full and people were having a blast watching it.
0: And people are posting and it's online, it's trending and all this sort of stuff like you have people doing videos. You know, you have art that's inspired by yeah. Miles Morales that's sharing online. You have this weird fetishization of Peter B. Parker, dad bod, <laughs> Peter. Uh, the internet seems Is to Is it happen. a dad bod?
2: <laughs> <laughs> like, that's not the only presentation it, 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 I've seen from yeah, this film. Yeah, I mean, the sorry. The, the, um, it, it's it, like, he's in pretty good shape.
1: Um, but
0: he we'll has like a gut, like a proper gut. He's in like good 80s movie shape. As we talked <laughs> about in the podcast before, he's like, yeah. it's like if Harrison Ford took off his shirt in the original Blade Runner and looked like this, you'd be like, ah. Yeah. If like Ryan Gosling took off his shirt in like Blade Runner twenty forty nine and looked like this, you'd be like, whoa, he's really let himself go. But um, <laughs> well, he's a replicant; he shouldn't. Yeah, <laughs> it's <laughs> like the
2: the lengths he goes to for his craft.
5: <laughs> was, his body is Christian Bale transitioning
4: from Batman into one of his other schlubby. To to, to, yeah. to Cheney.
0: To an American also, <laughs> like, yeah. uh, but um, what about you? Had a few Pop Tarts. It looked like he was eating whole pizzas. <laughs> but uh, what about yourselves, Reed and Graham? What did you guys make of it? Uh,
5: I I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, I I was lucky. Uh, I got to interview the directors and um, the star of it, Shamik Moore, uh, which was great. Which was great fun. Um, Shamik seemed really ge- like as well. Seemed really excited to be portraying Miles for the first time in a cinematic format like Miles has been in the c- cartoons for the last couple of years for maybe five or six years maybe a little bit longer but this is the first cinematic Miles wherever we've, we've ever seen um, and the directors were incredible talent like Bob Perschetti who um, was the lead director uh, he's been working on animation for decades like He was an in-betweener An animator An animator For Hercules uh, I believe Milan. The the Disney movies Yeah 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 yeah, yeah. He's been He's been doing Like he's been He's been working non-stop For I want to say like two decades But this is his first Directorial film And then you have Rodney Rothman And um, Ramsey Sorry uh, yeah And what's Phil Lord Phil Lord is the writer No he's Uh, the writer That's my thing That's the one thing I have a little bit of umbrage with Lord and Miller are getting 90% of the credit and they're really just producers Phil well, Lord did write the story along with Rodney Rothman but and wrote the script is why you covered the script yeah but the, but the direction was the three of these guys was Bob was Rodney and Peter Ramsey uh, yeah Peter Ramsey thank you and
2: well, is there they, a chance they're, not getting, they're not getting to uh, getting shine much. some glory on them
5: yeah there's not nearly as much getting
3: shine
2: well, on them well go but for
5: this, it Graham and they're the heroes but
0: well, there's this Three directors. Is, well, this is the same thing that happened with, say, uh, The Nightmare Before Christmas, the Henry Selick, where it was marketed as a Tim Burton production, as a Tim Burton film. Yeah. Uh, because it was seen largely as his name getting out there marketing. I suspect the reason why it's a Miller and Lord uh, film is because it's Miller and Lord are bankable as yeah. a result of stuff like the Lego movie, Paddy with and a like Transformer Rightly me so. I mean. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Yeah. It definitely works. Um, but yeah, I, I, I loved it and it's like their enthusiasm. The, them talking about how there was 180 animators on this is insane um and just the the, the sheer joy they had in just showing it off and everything like and it was infectious the amount of time they put it I read three years. I read
4: that interview and three years. They, they said that they put yeah three hmm. to four years into yeah. the script and, mm-hmm. and working with with Lord and, and Miller and that and That amount of time that they put into it and that amount of effort that they put into it definitely comes true. And and reading your your interview, that enthusiasm definitely comes true.
0: It yeah, it's it's staggering and it's it's amazing that this is I think you point out the first cinematic depiction of Miles Morales, which yeah. is interesting because the character was introduced around about two thousand and eleven. Yeah, I think two thousand eleven is when he was first introduced by Brian Michael Bendis and Sarah, and Sarah It oh. was
2: inspired by Donald Glover's um, appearance on Community. Yeah, and and don't, 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 well, sorry, not his appearance on Community. It is a. a, a, um, a it was yeah. yeah Troy,
5: exactly. Troy was wearing a Spider Man t shirt. And uh, a writer, uh, Mark Pajamans. Bernardin, talked about how you know we should probably have like a, a more representation, and this got the mind going, and Brian Michael Bendis going, yeah, "That's that's very true. We should." So something happened in 2011 in the Ultimate Universe. Peter dies, and Miles, a I want to say 13, 14 year old, takes up the mantle because he gets powers yeah. from a similar spider. Yeah.
0: Bendis was inspired by Glover saying in interviews, "Got Glover petitioned to be." The Amazing Spider-Man, the role that went Mm -hmm. to Andrew Garfield. And Garfield himself has come out and said that actually he really wouldn't have any objections if Donald Glover had been the Amazing Spider-Man. Take that as you will about uh, um, Andrew Garfield's opinion of those films. But the thing is that uh, Bendis was also inspired. He has two adopted daughters who are Mm -hmm. African-American as well. And he felt that they didn't see themselves represented in art or culture enough. And he saw that, like, for example, Spider-Man was always assumed to be a white guy. And when you're playing, it's like if you're playing as Spider-Man, it's like playing as Batman. Batman has to be a man and he has to be white if your kid's playing in the schoolyard because that's what kids see and that's what kids internalize. And there's a big argument when Spider-Man Homecoming came out. And I sort of discussed this in the episode with Andrew, which is Sony kind of went halfway there in that they took the diversity that Bendis infused his work with Miles Morales in and put it on screen in certain ways. The demographics in the school that Peter goes to are more representative of a contemporary New York. Um, stuff like the character of Ned is very much the character of Gank, who was introduced yeah. by Bendis. He's that's the Asian Miles Morales' best friend, yeah. and that name was ported over into that. But Sony kept Peter Parker in the live-action film as yeah. Spider-Man. They went to another, the third white yeah. guy to play the role. They in did. Space they so did
5: mention like they don't quite mention Miles in Homecoming, but he is. You see his uncle. Yeah. You see Aaron, yeah. and yeah. Aaron says, like "My uncle. my my nephew's in the city, and I don't want him getting hurt." So it's like going ah, so Miles is in the MCU. We're just not name dropping him quite yet, and he's probably still a bit too young.
0: But yeah, yeah. It, it's it's kind of amazing to see that character transitioning to the it's spectacular, even to see that character yes. transitioning <laughs> um, into into cinema. Because like, there is kids who are going to see this movie, and this will be Spider Man for them, which is phenomenal. And you yeah? can hear the noise. Yeah,
4: like unlike with comics, which you know don't have the same level, don't have the same number of eyes on them, you can't walk back this yeah. Now. Like there when um when Miles Morales was introduced, it there was kind of a trend of diversifying mm. name brand characters yeah. uh, in superhero comics, but after a couple of years some of the, oh, yeah, the white different. guys have come back, like yeah. Ryan Choi and, and and you know, different characters like this. In DC and Marvel. Yeah. You'd have younger, more diverse yeah. Kind of identities come in, and then the old guys are come back because the old fans are kinda mm.
0: well there was there was a big rhythm
4: yeah. but um. And people said at the time, this is just diversity for diversity's
0: sake. Like this character has no staying power. And uh, they were
3: wrong. Yeah,
0: but, yeah well, I mean, I mean, Luke's entirely right here. Because you have, like, obviously you have Gamergate. Everybody's familiar with Gamergate after, like, 2014. But you also had this movement in comics. Like, you had this. Movement tell, tell, in comics tell, tell anyone
2: who doesn't know I what know.
0: Gamergate is. Gamergate is a reaction against. No, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, no,
2: I've heard of it a lot, but i, I, I like. It's, yeah. it's
0: a reaction from certain segments of gamer culture towards what they see as an encroachment in there by voices that are not traditional gamers and by traditional gamers they mean white male and interested in like the first person shooter strategy games that sort of stuff um so when they see stuff like narrative games and they see stuff like transsexual developers and stuff like that they take issue with that and they do stuff like they dox them and they you know swap them and stuff like that it's Very messy and worthy of a podcast on its own, but the issue is with comics. You had, as Luke pointed out, a similar movement towards diversity, but you had a very strong pushback from like the market as it existed. You had retailers who operated their comic book shops at Comic Con yelling at Marvel executives about having heroes that were black. They had a female Thor. They had a young. They had a black Captain America. They had a black female Iron Man, for example. They had an Asian American Hulk. Um, And what happened is you had the white fans or, you know, stereotypical fans who were yelling about this, first of all, on the internet, but also, like, literally at Comic-Con, yelling them about having these gay characters, having these women characters and stuff like that. And Marvel actually sort of caved. There was a huge thing last year where the VP of sales came out and said it looks like these diverse heroes had affected the sales of the comic books because, as Luke pointed out, the comic books are very niche now yeah. and to the point where, like, if you lose the audience you have, that's a big deal to you. I'm a um, little
5: proud of DC. They didn't. And we have now Jessica Cruz and Simon Baz, hmm. you know, two great Green Lantern characters who are really interesting in their own rights and they're still around. And they've held their own title for a long time now. And uh, you, so you, I'm quite happy. About
4: you want to see them hold the line. That, that's yeah. That's what I mean with this film has made millions and millions and millions. Yeah. And everybody loves it, and so even the market can't shirk away. From yeah, everybody. Yeah, everybody. The yeah. the you know the the benefits of, of, of this kind of diversity. Um, yeah. Now,
0: like, mm. well, that, that's the thing is that, and, and kind of this is the argument is that comic books are largely research and development for movies now. Like, that's all they exist as. They're bought by conglomerates. They're owned by Time Warner owns DC, for example. Marvel is owned by Disney. And the idea that you keep comic books around because they're not selling enough, but you keep them around because they're fertile intellectual properties for blockbusters that make a billion dollars. And the idea is you grow those in-house. And yeah, so now you have a... They're also
2: good for holding up um, uh, laptops on... On uh, on recording sessions. On on recording sessions, yeah. Uh,
0: They work very well if you're making wallpaper in your kids' rooms and stuff Mm. like that. Um, they sort of—they have like comic books have lots of worth. They're very good lots of paper mache base. No, I, I adore comic books. To be absolutely, I adore comic <laughs> books. To be absolutely clear, but the point is that they Fate's are ne- being comforted. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> That's <Okay>. what reads <laughs> <it> here. <laughs> they, they, they are a niche industry in a way that, like, a at this point, four hundred million dollar movie isn't. And like for a generation of kids their Spider-Man will be Miles Morales yeah. and nobody can look at those kids and say Spider-Man is white because he's not he's black now as well or Spider-Gwen Spider-Gwen he's a woman Yeah. yeah. or she's a woman yeah. but you know what I mean <laughs> or
5: or he's black and white and shoots Nazis because yeah. Nicolas Cage <laughs> I feel like that's less
0: applicable to real life situations. Well, <laughs> uh... but uh, anyway, we're going to jump into the spores on the other. But let's ask sort of the three questions before we jump on it. Actually, breed, we didn't ask you what you made of it. Ah, uh,
1: um, what did you make
0: of it, breed? <laughs> I feel like so that's a leading question, the right?
1: Strange thing about it is, I went into this film fully expecting to absolutely love it. I was completely expecting to, and technically, it is perfect. It's flawless. Characters, acting, animation, cinematography, music, all gorgeous. But I just didn't care. <laughs> I know, I can't explain it. I have absolutely no idea why. I just left it going, huh, that was fine.
2: I, I think, like, I I, <coughs> I, quite enjoyed it, but I think you might be, you, um, you may be onto something in terms of kind of... Um, um some of the I guess emotional weight of it. Because I thought that the um there was like one kind of uh, detail of it I guess we won't go into yeah. that 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 kind of um got to me kind of in an emotional way but it wasn't the 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 I suppose the the, the story in the movie that you would kind of like traditionally um relate to. So um I suppose um, I can I can kind of see where you are coming from. I I, I I thought it was great though. I was going I was going to throw it out that I was the person <laughs> like who had who issues with the movie. <laughs> oh, I, Thank I, you I for jumping no <laughs> no on that. <laughs> the points that,
5: that Andrew did laugh the most, and I did take note because I was just checking. Was when Spider Ham talked <laughs> it was literally every time John Mulaney opened his mouth. And, yes. and, and that's that's Andrea's emotional good.
2: identification character right there. <laughs> it's the moment it's not really relatable to
0: most people who aren't two D animations of <laughs> like spiders that were bitten by. Well, we don't want
2: to. We, do, we don't. We don't want to spoil kind of too many kind of d- d- details of the of the plot yeah. and that sort of. The,
0: but anyway, let's let's ask the three questions and jump into the spoiler zone. So the first question is. Do you think this movie belongs on the list of the top 250 movies ever made? Yes. So-
1: yes, I Despite, it's very strange, despite me personally not, not really enjoying it, I would absolutely recommend this film to other people, which makes no sense. See Andrew, I no, told no, you the three
0: questions were different. Yeah,
2: Darren, Darren, Darren has been defending the the, the, the three structure. question the format for a while, and it does Thank occasionally. It, You're does, it does occasionally elicit different responses. So uh, what about like, what about
5: you, Graham? Uh, oh, definitely, it definitely belongs on the two hundred and fifty. Um, I'm. You said it was in the thirties, yeah. It's in the twenties. Twenties. Um. But you, you'd also yeah, put venom on there. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I, I would say it's definitely. Me. It definitely deserves to be somewhere in around there. Um. My list is always a bit weird, but yeah, I uh, yeah, definitely in the two fifty. It definitely deserves that.
2: So it would. It, so it'd be on your two fifty. It would be on the two, 250, I think two fifty. Yeah, for and, both. it's yeah.
5: on my two fifty, and it is definitely belong. It definitely belongs on the two fifty. And Luke. Uh, yeah, I, would you recommend I, it? I wanted <laughs> <laughs> to bring her
2: out. <laughs> to read it today, and she did not want to go. Sorry, <laughs> Luke.
5: She, she it does it <laughs>
2: <though.
5: laughs> yes, yes.
4: okay. not. I'm not going to be going all the way through the spoilers <laughs> zone, just nodding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm pretending. glad
1: I've seen it, but I don't want to see it again. It's a perfectly reasonable reaction. Yeah. There are lots
0: of movies that I never want to see again, um, like the one we covered last week. But yeah, I mean, um, but yeah, what about yourself, Luke?
4: Uh, yeah, I think it belongs on the the, the, the two hundred and fifty list because this is you know a superhero film that stands as kind of a, a better example of, of of that kind of subset and as something that does something different to a lot of, of films in that superhero genre and as an animated film. Um, it, the animation techniques in this mm-hmm. are new and innovative and like, gorgeous to look yeah, at. And yeah. so on that basis, it, it, it also deserves to kind of mm. stand as one of the, the, the best recent examples of, of an animated film. So I'd say, yeah.
3: Okay. Uh,
4: on my own list, i, I yeah, I'd say if you're if you're dragging it all the way up to 250,
5: that leaves, a lot, of, pat the that leaves a lot of that leaves a lot of
4: of wiggle room and room for films that I forget and, yeah.
2: and rooms. Some films you think of one it's like that's not a movie, that's a book. No, <laughs> films that I've forgotten so that's I've a, seen. That's a type and, of food. No, when <laughs> a
0: television show or a film. Well,
4: it's you know, like I say, it was on my list of the best films of last year. So yeah, it, yeah. you know, it, it it I'd say it would fit in there on that on that basis. Yeah.
0: All right, and I feel like we preempted the second and third questions, but let's do this pro forma anyway. <laughs> would it be on your own personal 250, Breed? No. Cool. Would it be on your own 250, Breed? Yeah, crowd? gotcha. And we would it be on your yeah. own? No. <laughs> <laughs> and would you recommend that people watch it? I feel like we've covered this already, but Breed. Yes. Yeah,
4: absolutely. It's very, you know, it's it, it's very accessible. Mm. Uh, yeah. Even though it's kind of a deep dive into a lot of oh, yeah. nerdy For some reason, <laughs> lore. For someone that goes
5: deep dive, like it, it, It's it's more so than any Marvel Mar- MCU film, I think it goes deep dive very heavy, and yet it's so accessible in, still. And successfully
4: packaging Spider-Ham to a past audience, A guy
5: who's in black and white and fights
0: Nazis. <laughs> he likes drinking X-Worlds and punching Nazis. But uh, yeah. Andrew, what about yourself?
2: Oh yeah, for, for, for the sake of maintaining the structure of three questions, <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll say like... Um, Maybe it should be on the top 250, and uh, no, it wouldn't be on my top 250. And yes, (laughs) I would recommend (laughs) it. You Uh, guys, you can
3: give the same answer to two questions. (laughs) Uh,
0: Yeah,
2: but then why would you ask (laughs) the (laughs) three (laughs) questions? They're going to be the same.
0: All right, join us on the other side of the spoiler zone. Spoiler zone, spoiler zone. Talk about the film in the spoiler zone. Plays Spoil- a sting, ass and bite, possibly infringing copyright. <laughs> Look out! It's the spider zone. Spoiler zone. <laughs>
3: <laughs> 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 do it a, a
5: minute, I <laughs> one time
0: I didn't see it. because <laughs> I had notes prepared.
4: Um, by notes, <laughs> do you mean an actual song? Listeners, would you believe it was done in one take? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it
1: was. Very impressive.
0: <laughs> Look out, it's the spider zone. Anyway... So, Luke, what is Into the Spider-Verse about for you? Um, Into the Spider-Verse is about how
4: anyone can be Spider-Man. It's about how, you know, Spider-Man has that famous adage that with with great power comes great responsibility. Don't say it. (laughs) (laughs) That we've all heard a hundred million thousand times, but what... Kind of Even into, me. Into the Spider Verse <laughs> kind of goes into is that, you know, if you're willing to take on that responsibility, you can find within yourself great power. And I think that's a flip on that, that's uh, pretty cool you
2: know anyone can jump off a building
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, well i mean
0: anyone can yes yeah
2: the, this was the thing that mr rogers um <laughs> it went back into yeah. uh, television he, like, he, re- he returned from, order, retirement, returned in from retirement, ret- in retirement in order to teach kids not to jump not off, to jump off of buildings. Uh, buildings yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's too many kids were
0: <laughs> it was a huge epidemic in the 80s yeah um they don't talk about it much it gets kind of squeezed out in discussions of super predator and the crack epidemic but it was right there people it was right there but um
4: like superhero stories they're you know they or they often are a power fantasy yeah. you know they're they're kind of all about how if you were in this situation you'd be the best and you'd be the strongest and you show everyone and blah blah yeah. blah and Kind of going way, way back to the origins of Spider-Man himself as a character. Yeah. Like, if you've ever read the original spider-man As comics peter parker is this like creepy <laughs> off-putting <laughs> yeah he
0: really uh, is no if, he, if you read like the steve becomes Kits- a bully
4: like this mean spirited kind of i'll show you all kind of nerd character
0: <laughs> no, no but, but he is he, he reads like a school shooter if you read like that... the stanley and steve ditko issues there's moments where the kids are laughing and having fun and like not picking on him. it's just people who are having good time together and peter's sitting there stewing in the corner going one day yeah. one day I'll show those. he's like he's creepy and, and super you me?
5: it sounds like Jeffrey Dahmer <laughs> my friend Peter
4: um, no! but um, it, it, like a superhero story can be that but um, and, and it can be kind of a adolescent thing or a, kind of a stupid uh, thing <laughs> at times but there's a there's a Superman story not to, to go off on too much of a, of a tangent here there's a famous Superman story where Superman thinks that he's dying and so he goes around trying to solve all of the world's problems in like one oh, day. Yeah, and one of the last things he does, uh, going back even further than that, it's the 50s, one, it's the one of the last oh, wow. things he does is he uses his I-beams to write on the moon. And he <laughs> writes, do good to others and any man can be a Superman. Oh, Signed, absolutely. Superman, brackets, Clark Kent big enough <laughs> to read it and from he her <laughs> and, and so that's the other uh, encourages people to
5: do graffiti <laughs> <laughs> which is also what Moz
4: morales yeah, does yeah, yeah. i'd
1: be concerned about how that would affect the tides though <laughs>
0: you're always worried about how the tides I affect
1: am. people don't worry about that enough when they destroy the i world. was more worried about like <laughs> apollo
0: 13 that was sitting up there on the moon at the time mm-hmm. but
4: that's that's the other side of the coin of the kind of the superhero fantasy is that that which you can do you know you maybe you you should do or you're, you're able to do even if you think that you can't kind of a thing yeah. and uh, Spider-Verse does, tells that story very, very well. Your
2: conspiracy uh, theory of Apollo thirteen. <laughs> is Sorry. It was, it was destroyed by a it.
0: It's interesting because just to get back to what Luke was saying there about like the adolescent power fantasy of superheroes, it's not just comic books. It's in the films as well. I think and I know that like Mike Simmons or film critic Hulk as he is known online is a divisive figure. One of the better arguments I've seen him make is that he argues that a lot of the issue with like the post-origin story Marvel films is that their character arcs amount to, you're awesome, aren't you? Why don't you show the world how awesome you are and how wrong they were to tell you that you shouldn't do the thing that you're doing? So think, for example, of Spider-Man Homecoming, to pick an example, right? Which is, All about how Tony Stark tells Peter Parker that he's not ready yet. He hasn't done the training. You know, he probably shouldn't be interacting with these guys who have, like, gigantic alien guns. And Spider-Man goes off, and he shows him he can do it, and he was wrong to doubt him at all in the first place. Think of all the Iron Man movies, where Tony Stark makes a gigantic threat to mankind. And everyone's like, oh, Tony, maybe you shouldn't have made a gigantic threat to all of mankind. And then Tony shows them all how wrong they were by fixing the giant threat that he created for all of them. I mean, America. they were
2: right then, <laughs> but sorry. then then, then, the then he has films. to make them wrong eventually. Yeah, and then yeah. Then the
5: Avengers films where he creates the villain, same thing. But yeah, but sorry. It, it is sorry. That
4: uh, film critic Hulk said that you shouldn't follow superheroes.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I want to
4: kind of base yourself off of there. All right, okay.
0: (laughs) All right, but anyway, but no, but I think divisive thing. But this sort of ties into what Luke was saying there about the idea of like, because they can be, then these movies can be very much power fantasies about how great would it be if you could show everybody how right you were. And I think that Into the Spider-Verse is different because it's a more personal story. It's an empowerment story rather than a power fantasy, if that makes sense. It's about arguing that anybody can wear the mask. You have, like, the opening monologue from Chris Pine as Peter Parker is, I'm the one, the only Spider-Man. You have Miles Morales saying, there can only be one Spider-Man. How can there be another Spider-Man? And then over the course of the film, you get to that thesis statement that anybody can wear the mask, Mm. which is incredible.
2: And the interesting thing is that uh, Peter Parker drops that immediately when he meets another uh, uh Spider-Man. He doesn't protect the brand. Yeah, yeah.
5: <laughs> he doesn't immediately sue.
2: He's, He's like, oh, yeah have Spider-Man a franchise. I have to protect your. That's great. I'm not. I um. I feel more threatened by the impending death. <laughs> the giant Goblin yeah. behind me yeah.
5: yeah, is
3: far more threatening. This is Generally, fine.
1: People don't want to be alone. They want to have people who are similar to them. Stop that. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, finding someone... When you think you're the only one and finding someone who has the same problem as you, that can be very comforting for a lot of people.
2: Mm. Yeah.
5: And you could feel that in the way Chris Pines, Peter, says it. He says... <laughs> he, says he says, you know, I'm not the only one. Like, yeah, he's the hes the first one that says it and hes he seems relieved almost. Yeah, you have that see um, nice in the middle
4: of everything. But, sure. and, and like what you were saying earlier about how... You know, there's Spider Gwen as well. The great thing about the way that this story tells that or gives that message is that it's not just Miles; it's it's all these other characters yeah, yeah. as well, like like Spider Gwen and, mm. and Spider
5: Man. She's got Spider and... Woman in this one. How do you feel about that? I, I like Spider. Oh, well... well, I mean, Spider Gwen kind of gives away the secret identity. Know, right? <laughs> it's like a really crap code name. Yeah. <laughs> Only recently in the comics did she actually get her own um, code name. She got yeah. it's Ghost Spider
0: because obviously her outfit's quite ethereal. Yeah, but I mean, it, but the idea is that it communicates to you the audience that her name is Gwen and she is in a spider costume yeah. and has the abilities of spider-man yeah. it's not in universe branding yeah. I don't think she has business cards no 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 she's a <laughs> she's a drummer. Yeah.
4: but it's you know it kind of it this is a story about miles finding his own kind of self-confidence and mm. self-assurance through, through looking at all these other people but at the end of it and there's a lot of kind of stories like this and it ends with the monologue which is like I'm Spider-Man you know that kind of thing this ends with him saying this could be you you -hmm. know Um, it's kind of the opposite of uh, wanted, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like it's, it's the opposite of a cynical, like nasty mm, kind yeah. of
5: uh, take. It, on it is thing. literally Mark Miller versus Prime Michael Pendence, yeah. whose writing could not be any more different.
0: Yeah, no, it, like he, he actually very literally says at the end, like, after he's done that, anyone can wear the mask, mm. anyone can be a hero. He literally says, if you've learned anything from this film, let it be that. It's not exactly a subtle point. It's worth noting, by the way, that the, like, what inspired the the creation of this film. Because, I mean, obviously, Sony wanted a, like, a Spider-Man franchise mm-hmm. in a shared universe. But what actually got them to do this, and what got, like, uh, Prochetti interested in this, was he was talking about how one time in Brooklyn, uh, what he did was his he took his son out for a day. And he bought a Spider-Man costume for himself. Himself and his uncle took uh, his son or his nephew out. He bought a Spider-Man costume for himself, put it on in a, in a public changing room, and came out to greet his like son. And was like uh, and the son was just amazed. It was amazing that he had this sort of impact on him. He saw the joy that seeing Spider-Man being physically there brought to his kid. Um, and <coughs> he thought that like that's something that everybody should have, and that's something mm. that you should be able to share. And that's the idea that, like, even people who don't look at, like, Peter Parker as a model of who they are yeah. should be able to have that. And that's kind of what got... That was the gateway into the story.
5: Prasetti even, uh, when I was interviewing him, he even actually told me the reason why Lord and Miller came on was because they wanted to do a story about Miles. That was their only prerequisite to coming onto the, the, the project, was that it was going to be Miles. It wasn't going to be about Peter. It was going to be about Miles, which is fantastic. But it's there's, just, it's there's really, a lot really still nice. we
4: could learn about Peter Parker. Like, how did he become Spider-Man? So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's I mean, do this one <laughs> last time. <laughs> but I mean,
0: I absolutely, absolutely love that the film understands... Like, we'll talk a little bit about... Yeah, let's, talk, let's continue talking about like Miles for a little bit. But one of the things I really like about is the... Yeah, I mean, it's his film. We probably should talk a little bit more about him. But the way that the, the film understands the way that audiences watch films like this and the way it's structured. Uh, but it's, it's interesting in terms of the three directors. And you mentioned that they don't get enough credit um, they characterize themselves. Ramsey characterizes himself as the action guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the guy who's responsible for a lot of the dynamic action beats that you see. There's Rothman is the comedy guy. He's the guy who come in and he jazz up like scenes and add a bit of humor to them. One of the examples he cites is the sequence when in which like Miles and Peter are com- conversing about the Gruber and walking up and down the side of the building. It was his idea that they, ha- they have they to have this exposition scene. They call it like the pipe scene because it's all about pumping information to the audience. But he was the one who came up with the idea of having them walk up and down buildings mm-hmm. while doing it to give it that comedy edge. And then Proschetti, who is the guy you talked about who like worked at Disney during the Renaissance, Um, he was the poet. He was the guy who added a lot of that stuff that anybody can wear the mask, or it can be you, or I don't know, or that leap of faith. You'll know when it's ready.
2: I, uh, yeah, I, 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 I was expecting to, I I think, laugh more in this movie. There was a certain point in the movie where, like, where I was thinking, oh I, I I haven't actually kind of like this this is fun yeah. um and everything, but it, but it, it's not it's not giving it, it it's it's not meeting that kind of um what is it current mayo say the six laugh tests. But then, the, <laughs> then the, Spider Ham. But not not even just Spider Ham. I think Spider Ham was the character that made me laugh uh, most <laughs> consistently. But also the um, uh, noir Spider Man mm. and the uh, and Penny, uh, Parker. Penny Parker. Penny Parker. Um, her her introduction um, w- uh, made me laugh out loud. <laughs> um, and the the um, and, and also the noir Spider Man. But the the, the uh, spider ham, like I I knew yeah. that there was a um a pig um, a yeah. spider pig it's been around, in it's in been around since the eighties in in this movie I I, I didn't know that yeah. uh, but but. Um, the choice of John Mulaney the, is a asterisk. It, it, is it, it is story. was incredible. The, the um, fact
4: that Spider Ham is a spider that was bitten by a radioactive pig he, is the funniest God. thing. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure if that's the origin in the comic yeah, what, What's so funny to me as well in this, and it kind of it kind of speaks to to one of the movie's great qualities, is that it doesn't like it. It, it has those three characters come in. And it goes through their origins all on the screen at the same time. And it doesn't say that he was bitten by a radioactive pig. You just see that happen while the other two have been bitten. Yeah, but it's 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 over the 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 three. It's it's in the mix with the three. The three audios are going at the same time. And when you see the other two get bitten by a spider, you see the spider get bitten by a pig. (laughs) (laughs) It's just. Yeah. that's like, like so he, like, funny like, his, his
5: universe is so fascinating because there's cat America <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> wolverine is a literal wolverine and uh, like fish uh, sorry uh, wilson fisk is wilson wilson fish and the daily beagle it's just, it's so stupid. That's it's so great. Stupid. I think, can we ask,
0: I think the big question is though, like in that closing montage where you get to see them all having their happy endings, mm. where like Peter B. Parker reunites with Mary Jane, where Spider-Gwen realizes that she's friends with you know, Miles Morales, you see Spider-Ham eat, eat a hot eat- dog. <laughs> what is that hot dog made of?
2: thats It's uh, like the Pokemon uh, question. Uh, like what are they mystery eating? Mystery meat, I guess. Like it's uh, maybe it's German. like a roulette. <laughs> or, it could it be could anything. Be turkey yeah. could be beef. Yeah,
0: um, but yeah. Sorry, this is like the Ewok. What are the Ewoks eating at the end of Return of the Jedi? It's probably, probably like, oh. not other Ewoks. <laughs> no, <laughs> there are a lot of empty stormtrooper helmets. <laughs> That's the point. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, like
4: that gag and the, and the thing I was saying earlier, they're things that are just uh, shown through the animation. and yeah. In in that interview, I think it was Rosenthal was saying about how he because he was the one that worked on the script. Yeah. He was saying about how over the course of a couple of years, there was stuff he took out and mm-hmm. just could like he knew he could leave in the animation because yeah. they've said just
0: fifteen minutes of animation that's not been shown. Well, this yeah. is the thing: the recording is so the original script and the reading of the script lasted two and a half hours, um, and actually there are more than ten minutes. I think you suggest about fifteen minutes of deleted scenes, and those are fully animated scenes to the point where like they cut this movie as lean as they could. And like you still got to the stage where it was so dense that you had fifteen minutes of deleted footage and the script and original animatrics ran to two hours and a half. It's an incredibly dense piece of work.
4: And like that that kind of comes through with a lot of great visual g- gags and stuff. But yeah. even in the characterization, like there's a lot going on with Miles that isn't explicitly said out loud. Yeah. It's just very he became clear. Pigeon Man
5: like- He became Pigeon Man a little bit. That was that was an incredible origin story for Pigeon Man when he became one with the pigeons and was smacking into the building. I thought that was Comedy gold, very and
4: very well animated as well. Very yeah. kind of kinetic. <laughs> he's like, he's and
5: spinning it. He's like they're, they're they're just looking at their laptops and you just. Hear, ah!
4: But like uh, Miles doubts kind of yeah. as a as a character and his insecurities. There's mm-hmm. never that scene where he kind of goes, "Oh, there's all this pressure on me and I can't do it." And uh, like he never kind of blows up a Peter B. Parker or anything like that. It's it's all in how he looks when other people are talking about him or the the Street art that he makes, like mm-hmm. you see that, and you immediately understand a lot about how he's feeling. And that montage of him going to school, like yeah. he, he doesn't have to say, Oh, there's too much pressure on me because you get it, like, yeah, I don't, it.
2: I don't know, though. And I, I, I kind of like, like I was saying, I, I kind of agree, um, with, with, with Breed, like you were saying, there's, there, that in, 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 you, you were, you were, you were alluding to, or, or, or it may have been Luke, that's, um. That there's a lot you don't um, you don't see in terms of development, but you kind of like know it's there. But that um oh sorry no I, I mean I mean Graham or Lou. um but yeah I I I feel like um I didn't I didn't care a, a huge amount for um for Miles I thought he was great but in 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 terms of like having um, stakes um for him it 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 wasn't um i thought the i thought the character i had I had, I had the most kind of uh sympathy for was uh kingpin i, th- I thought like the the the, mo- the most touching moments were did they he's a really tragic figure yeah yeah especially in um, yeah and
4: yeah he never out like and you know it yeah. would be redundant but movies <laughs> would do this where yeah. he would say out loud like, i have to get my family back yeah it uh, says it
0: this is the but, only chance I have to reunite with my kids, who were my kid and my wife were killed in an accident that was caused when they saw me beating up Spider-Man, and it haunts me every day. But night. like, it, I think
4: it's, I think it's really good that you know he, as the villain, has motivations and stuff. Uh, but it's, you know, it's not a big focus. And some mm-hmm. of the other Spider characters, like like Peter, they have their own kind of arcs to get through and that. But I, 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 I can understand how. With the lock going on, it can kinda be yeah. difficult to, to focus on. One what of on. the most
1: heartbreaking things for Fisk, though, because it wasn't even said explicitly, but even if he had been able to bring his family through, they wouldn't have been able to survive in the same. Yeah. yeah Yeah. you don't nor nor would they
2: nor would they recognize this monster yeah that he he had become no 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 but like the entire
0: thing is like he's beating up miles and they're brought over and they see him Mm. for who he is again the implication is like no matter what he does he can't bring them back because they won't come back to him Mm. it's not that he lost them it's not that he lost them in the car accident he lost them before that Mm. he lost them when they saw who he really was Cause he, and like he he'll bring them back by destroying Brooklyn it's kind of going to give away a little bit who he is inside it plays his hand because yeah. he has
2: he has this amazing ability to compartmentalise <laughs> like his family life <laughs> he's this like loving doting father <laughs> And, and then has this kind of like evil yeah, um, empire, em, em, uh, empire outside of it.
5: Dad, what do you do as a business? <laughs> oh, oh it's boring yeah. grown-up up. stuff. <laughs> yeah. He would never tell Lots his son to
2: shut up.
0: Why do you keep seeing a blind lawyer walking around? No reason. Oh, no reason. But I mean, actually, this is worth noting, because a lot of the... And we're probably going to talk about the animation a little bit later on. But, like, one of the things that I adore about Into the Spider-Verse is how well written it is and how dense it is and how it intrinsically understands that the audience understands how these stories work. Like, we talk, we've been talking about, like, Wilson Fisk's origin story for longer than the movie actually spends on it. It does, as, as Luke pointed out, it doesn't actually have him say, well, I lost my family in a car accident, I'm trying to bring them back. It shows you in a 15-second clip all you need to know because it understands that as an audience, you've seen movies like this before. You've seen superhero movies before. You know the villain probably has a tragic story. You know that he probably has loved ones. You know that those loved ones probably don't know who he is. You know that if those loved ones saw who he is, they would probably be horrified by it because that's a tragedy you've and seen doesn't...
4: you've seen Netflix presents Marvel's Daredevil yeah but you've seen mm-hmm. know, Vanessa <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's
0: Vanessa, that's Vanessa
5: was totally cool with how he
0: was but you everyone's get to make...
2: seen everything on Netflix Yes. Yeah. 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 no 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 but like exactly. that the or you the will it,
0: but it doesn't matter whether you know that from reading the comic books where like the art style when is eventually all of her books. jobs
2: are replaced by yeah. robots <laughs> <laughs> we'll have time to watch, watch everything on Netflix yeah. um,
0: but like it doesn't matter whether you know that story because you've seen it on Netflix's Daredevil or because you've read in Frank Miller and Bill Sankowitz's uh, *Love and War*, which is influences the art style influentially, it doesn't matter if you just know it because you know that that's how these stories work fundamentally. The movie trusts you, and it trusts the audience. And there's a tremendous amount of faith in the movie and the audience's ability to follow what's happening. And this is amazing because the movie aimed at kids. Like there are movies that are normally aimed at adults. I would argue the Marvel Cinematic Universe is aimed at an older demographic but it has much less faith in its audience ability to process information incredibly quickly. Luke mentioned, for example, the, you know, the revelation that Spider-Ham was a spider bitten by a radioactive pig, playing in the background <laughs> of three simultaneous shots that are overlaid with one another with the voice put over it, and the film trusts you to get that gag, and if you don't get that gag, it doesn't interfere with the story it's telling. The fact that, like, it knows that you have seen six live-action Spider-Man movies. If you haven't seen them, you've seen the cartoon from the 90s or the 60s or you've talked to somebody who knows what Spider-Man is or you've heard the phrase with great power comes great responsibility so it can do let's do this one last time and cover the key beats of the Spider-Man origin story in 15 seconds and turn it into a running joke.
2: It's something that they're kind of known for as well as this kind of joke saturation. Like so, some people's problem with the Bat- with the Lego Batman movie was that there was too many jokes and 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 that you didn't have time to appreciate yeah. them. Cost in like,
4: the Solo
0: movie, like yeah, yeah,
2: the the like like Lando's
0: cape closet remains my
3: favorite bit of <laughs> yeah, Solo yeah, Star yeah. Wars story. I
2: was I was I was watching the movie though, and 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 I felt like I was almost missing thing, um jokes because uh, like like in the in Aunt May's apartment, is there a moment when because it like it may not have happened in the movie, but I felt like there was a moment. Uh where um, spider-ham just knocks something over yeah. <laughs> like, for no reason like, yeah, it's a when montage
0: they're they're where everybody's smashing everything, everything. spider-ham he just smashes a plate over yeah. its head <laughs> but,
5: but the reason i saw it as when he
0: does it it's a shiv <laughs> like the little bit that's left is a shiv it's like oh he's going to use that as a weapon but yeah. it, it's filled with all this stuff and as you point out like it does it gets to the point where it does three spider-man <laughs> origin stories simultaneously with penny parker spider-man noir and spider So many things
2: you could mix. Uh,
0: so many things happening, but it's structured in such a way that if you don't get them, you can still follow, which is... But I,
4: I suppose it's easy to see it as seamless and easy to follow when you already know all, that's all that stuff. And stuff. That. Like mm-hmm. you, yourself and myself and, and Graham would kind of know, yeah. have read yeah. a lot of the stuff on that already. But if it's...
1: Yeah, I mean, I felt it trusted you to keep up. Mm. And I, well, I personally didn't have any problem following it, but... Um, Yeah, it felt like it actually trusted the audience to follow along and it kept at its own pace and left you to figure it out, which I actually quite like.
0: I mean, I wonder, like, this is probably Darren reading too much into it. Never. Um, (laughs) But the thing is that, like, my pet theory is that, like, this is an idea of like a digitally native audience. like the idea of kids who have grown up with stuff like Instagram stories, but have grown up with stuff like say Snapchat, but obviously even stuff like Vine, which doesn't exist anymore and so outdated. But this idea of like a uh, culture raised on YouTube videos and on, on stories that are deconstructing themselves as they're happening. The kids are incredibly, and this is such a cliche phrase. I apologize to Luke in advance for using it because I know he's going to wince. It trusts that the kids are cine lit. Um, but yeah, it, it kind of, it understands that the way kids- What's that? Um, they're cine-literate. Um, is cinem- cinematically, cinematically literate? Listeners, I winced. <laughs> um, but the idea is that it, it trusts that, like, modern kids these days are spending time online and so are familiar with stuff like, say, TV tropes, but also even, like, videos and YouTube videos and, like, stories that are picking apart and subverting and playing with what we would consider to be core ideas. And we're used to getting... They're used to a density of information that, you know... <coughs> Our generation wouldn't have grown up with. We're talking about jokes that unfold in tweets that are what 280 characters long and tell an entire story in 280 characters. Divine videos, which tell an entire story in 30 seconds. It and it exists anymore. I know it doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm out of date. But like the Snapchat idea Snapchat story. Snapchat, which <laughs> deletes itself after a certain amount of time. But it like I suspect that like I wonder if the way that Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse tells its story instruction story. With that incredibly dense information delivered very quickly and playing off tropes and conventions that it trusts that kids will recognize because they've seen other superhero movies. If that sort of, in some ways, represents like a modernization of, of narrative, an attempt to structure a movie in a way that perhaps even kids get even better than adults. Yeah,
2: well, I, I guess like, um, I, I feel, I, we, we, we're, we're kind of required to increase our bandwidth. In, in, yeah. as, as, in as human beings in yeah. order to i, I feel like SM elon idea. musk was talking about this yeah uh-huh. that, 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 that we have to get away from like kind of using our fingers to type things <laughs> and we'll just kind of communicate in in uh, videos and yep. kind of uh, pictures and and that's the way yeah and that's the way that things are kind of like going because it's so ineffective <laughs> to, to use to, actual words yeah yeah
0: but i mean like and i being honest i see a little bit of what i think breed was suggesting what i think andrew was suggesting with the lack of emotional connectivity because the emotional crux of miles's story like the big beat in miles's story is the death of uncle aaron because obviously that's the one that parallels in some way with the death of peter parker's uh, you know uncle um ben for example uh, but the idea is that, like, it's this big moment for him and it defines who he is. It was a huge part of, say, the Bendis run, where, like, as a child, he discovered that his father, sorry, his uncle, was a criminal. And then the uncle dies and he feels responsible for that. And But the idea is that, like, that would be your big emotional arc. So, for example, the amazing Spider-Man spends, like, 45 minutes to an hour <coughs> on it. The original Sam Raimi Spider-Man spends a similar amount of time on that. But in Into the Spider-Verse, Uncle Aaron only has maybe four scenes as an actual character before he's dying in an alleyway, telling Peter how much he respects him. Now, yeah. I think as somebody who knows—sorry, Miles, knows, Miles apologies—but as somebody who knows how severe stories work, that was fine for me. But I wonder if maybe that's the sort of thing you're getting at when you say you yeah, don't have. Yeah, it did.
2: Pack. It didn't. It didn't work for me. Sorry.
1: Honestly, and um, the second uh, he had an uncle, I was fully <laughs> expecting the <laughs> uncle to die. I will say. So there was no. There was no sadness because I was like, "Oh, he's gonna die. <laughs> he has a Spider-Man. He has an uncle. That uncle is so dead, probably in an alley." <laughs> I mean, in the comics,
5: Aaron doesn't Don't die call. for a long time. Yeah. Like in the comics, Aaron is far more villainous. Oh, yeah. yeah, he is. He's well more villainous. Like in a way, in the comics, Aaron the the, the, the is, is Green Goblin to to Miles as yeah. Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, so it's, it's, it's just it's interesting. interesting.
2: Like, like, I, I guess we're we're judging the movie. Yeah. Mm. So the, the uh, so it's
5: always where my mind will go when a comic book movie comes out. Like, maybe it's maybe, it's, maybe
2: it's quite true to the comics. And it, 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 if it, if like, I don't want to say, I don't want to say again. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say <laughs> <I'll see> it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Marie. Well, we should have
0: Marie on more often. <laughs> <after> <laughs> Andrew's, Andrew's, no! and, like, the voice of
2: Andrew's like in this is good because yeah. I've tried to tone it down. Anyone, anyone, <laughs> anyone could not care about comics.
0: Andrew, on our way here. Oh no, I love said nerds. Yeah. Yeah. don't get
5: beat up enough anymore. No, it's That's definitely not. true. What,
4: you, you,
5: said that. Very mean, Andrew. <laughs> yes. And also, I I will put I, I have a, I have a theory of why I think. Uh, yes. I have two theories about why Breed doesn't like this
1: film. Wait, two theories? I know one.
0: There's <laughs>
5: someone <laughs> who has a very. This <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, is the trial here. Yeah. Yeah. We're yeah. just talking about a movie. Who actually knows why Breed doesn't like this movie? No, no, no. It's, it's, just, it's a theory. It's like, Breed, I could be, by the way. <laughs> I
5: could be, I, I, I'm likely very wrong, but Breed It's okay, we can edit it out. One. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll let Breed talk. Breed doesn't like the idea of multiverses. Breed doesn't like the idea of the fact that there's another version of this character so you don't have to give a crap because oh if this one dies then uh, there's just another one somewhere else
4: there's an alternate universe where you might be right <laughs> uh, <laughs> and
5: then the other reason this is the funnier reason uh, right before we went to go see Spider-Man this
0: guy's can't hear Breed looking at Graham but I assure <laughs> <worry laughs> you it's gold right before we went you to just go wanted to preserve
2: panels. this for posterity yeah, think, are you sure uh, uh,
0: uh, right before we went to go see, you into
2: really Spider want to do Earth,
5: this? Yeah, do. <laughs> okay. uh, right before we went to go see Into the Spider Verse, I was singing to "Breathe" and I was going, uh, you flower," know, son- and she just hugged me and went, "Graham, that is so beautiful." I was like, it was such a sweet re- thing to remember, be called. Just remember that lyric. It's it's really it's really important. And so we sat down. Five minutes into the Spider Man film, and you see. Miles singing that song going na, 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 na. like you know when he's when he's got the headphones on at the beginning of the film and he goes My sunflower. I did and I kid you not she literally turned death eye death glare at me and just like for I want to say for like 10-15 minutes, minutes. Was just looking at me yeah. just going and I just whispering, can't believe you sang that to me like, as but if you I took credit me. for it. You
1: took right. credit for it. <laughs> I, oh, yeah, that's you're another like reason Phil why, Phil why yeah, <laughs> the
5: film. You are
4: the Stan Lee to Post Malone's. <laughs>
1: um, regards to the multiverse theory, you may have a point, possibly. Um, I, the more and more it gets to multiverse things, I'm. I get to the point where it's like, does it really matter? I mean. They they die he dies she dies oh look there's another one so it doesn't matter
4: and and I, I understand why they did this in the in the movie but I could also understand how it would uh, uh, contribute mm. to that that perspective so after um, Miles loses his uncle there's that scene where all the other mm. spider people come to him and are like and they're trying to say like you're not alone and yeah. you don't have to kind of feel. Alone in this, but they're like, Yeah, we well, all lost our uncles too. Like, <laughs> yeah, now then, going on about it. <laughs> we gotta go save the day. Get it's over, it Spider-Man
3: like.
0: No, Spider-Man has the really touching moment where he says, The worst part of the job is that you can't save, save everyone, yeah. you can just turn them into hot Penny, dogs. Penny lost her
4: father.
5: <laughs> like, um, it's all the same story, and it's, it's and I like Gwen's. Gwen's is interesting because there's a technical side to it that I find interesting. Um, she, she, in her universe, Peter doesn't become Spider-Man, obviously, he becomes the lizard. And she has to fight him, and he dies inadvertently because of that. So when she says she can't be friends with anyone anymore, it's because she technically killed her best friend. And that's a really interesting twist to the spider mythos, especially for Gwen. And technically, from the point of view, when she's fighting Peter, you know, when she kicks that giant lizard, they I was told that that's actually the same animation rig they used for the Green Goblin. They just took away the horn, and they took away that... Brought out the, the snout, okay. and then so when she kicks him, it then shifts back into Peter. That's that's the same that they're using Green Goblin, they're actually twisting animation a little bit there, save a bit of money so they don't have to make a completely new animated rig character because the lizard obviously is completely different from the, the Green Goblin. And uh, so it's just all that combined made uh, Gwen's 15 second origin story, like technically and narratively, really interesting for me.
0: But to go back to the interesting thing about, like, the multiverse, like, the the, um, the thing about the multiverse is kind of interesting, because there's a there are a branches of, like, science fiction writers and critics, like, I think Christopher L. Bennett argues that, like, he has a huge problem with the way science fiction uses things like the multiverse, because it, it diminishes the idea of choice and agency for characters. Because, like, if you have a story where you have an alternate universe where anything else happened to a character, where they made a different decision, where they went left instead of right, that means the character has no agency in the story, because... They chose to go left because uh, some decisions in their life led to that point, and they were standing there, and they could only, as a I th- character, I make think that choice.
2: From a multiversal point of view, yes, but from a universal point of view, no. <laughs> so, the, 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 like the, 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 this, this I think is 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 where the 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 problem kind of occurs, is that we think of things in our own terms. So, um, if we could have made a different choice um then like uh, um then what are what are what are the stakes of it happening this way or the other because it 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 happened all sorts of other ways, it didn't because we live in the universe uh, the, 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 um it, what may, happened, it
0: happened couldn't have happened in any other way because we are alive. yeah, and it
2: happened because you chose yeah. for for uh for for it to happen from 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 a point of view outside of the universe. You didn't have any choice because it was always going to be that way. I'm but sorry, uh, but I mean, that's that's not really like around. a perspective. And I think then. Breed
0: is arguing from
2: no, that critical perspective.
1: I, I'm sorry, like that's a great argument if this wasn't literally a film about that several universes colliding. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
2: exactly. <laughs> and no, trying. but I I, I, I I agree with you about the 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 it's it's a thing to kind of I I suppose wrestle with. I don't I don't think it works um, in in these kind of movies. Um, either in 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 terms of getting you to care about the stakes for these movies, like the the, the um, I I think I've said it like a few times that right. I that I didn't like the Star Trek, um, reboot, and there were like uh, kind of other reasons why I, I didn't like it believe you
0: tweeted over the week burn in hell, <laughs> Star Trek reboot dark, <laughs> um,
2: did not bih that could have it, it, what, I mean, what else I could mean, it mean I mean yes. you're right there <laughs> I mean like it seems like yeah, like you've gone into the darkness. <laughs> I think he's gone beyond
0: at
5: this point. Oh, he has. Yeah.
2: Uh, but um, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's 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 kind of like, um, yes, uh, these things matter, but they don't matter, um, <laughs> no. kind of um, the, because because of this um, uh, conceit that we're using.
0: But I mean, like that's the logic in any story, like any story that you watch. Like if you watch a, any superhero movie, there's a fairly good chance that they're not going to be dead at the end of it. And if they are dead at the end of it, there's a very good chance they'll be back alive in the sequel. But
2: it, it's it's creating layers of kind of um, of of disbelief that you have to kind of break through. If 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 you're not kind of like um, actually stating this is a different world from 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 the one you're in. So they don't kind of um, connect to it, um, but like yeah, they, 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 that's, that's kind of I I think I think it'll probably take a while for for audiences to um, to actually be a, be able to um, to connect with these sorts of stories. And um, be, 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 because because it is creating it, it it's a gap. it's separating you mm. more from 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 the characters because you know watching a movie that it isn't real real life but you're you're able to suspend your disbelief you're and, at one and, level and,
0: almost yeah. and, and then up. you're adding several and more on
3: top is that the...
2: exactly and 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 a lot of the crafted movies getting you to do that not getting you further away from <laughs> uh, <laughs> from from doing that I suppose yeah. Uh, I, I can see that angle on it. I, I, I do think
4: that kind of the multiverse, that, I mean, that can be very headache-inducing and, and it can lead to trying to be kind of too clever by half kind of storytelling. Uh, I was quite happy that for me, I didn't feel like this movie was doing a lot of that. Yeah. And what I kind of liked about it and what worked for me from the kind of emotional engagement is that it used these different Spider-Man, Spider-People people from, from different universes as a way of... The individual characters kind of seeing themselves uh, from, from, from from different kind of points of view or different potentials or kind of seeing what they were lacking and stuff like that mm. um, what I really liked with Miles like he has this character arc where looking at all these other characters he kind of he sees all his different kind of insecurities in different ways like Spider Gwen is his age but she's been doing this longer than he has and she's a lot more assured than he is uh peter parker is kind of he's been doing this for a while but there's this like kind of look look at the road you could go down mm-hmm. if you kind of make a hash <laughs> of this and he 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 has that feeling that maybe he will like if you mess things up it could all it could all go very wrong um if you don't take responsibility. but even and, and those johnson, are the all
5: be jake johnson <laughs> I, mean.
3: I mean but and like you know those
4: are the main two other spider characters but then you've got like Penny Parker is a, re- is a reflection of his insecurity about his intelligence. Um, Spider-Man Noir is reflects his insecurity about his strength. And even Peter Parker is, it, it reflects his, his insecurity about being a joke. Like, he's constantly tripping over. He's mm. kind of <laughs> pulling girls' hair out when he's trying to make a move on them and stuff like this. <laughs> and that worked for him. And, and it, it works for Peter Parker as well, because he's kind of coming into this universe and seeing him as a success.
3: <laughs> how,
2: like, I wonder though like how significant are uh, Miles Morales's insecurities in this movie and how to I wonder to what extent can like a, a a child or a young person or an adult for that matter who's 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 finding things difficult identify with Miles Morales because actually he's he's he, he he's he's got like so many so much things to get it. I mean t- like and and like, I, I, I feel like he's coming into this uh, school and people, um I feel, I feel like his perspective is like, well, I know I'm, I know I'm, I know I'm cool. These people kind of are getting a bad first impression <laughs> of me and I'm making kind of like a lot of mistakes, but I have a pretty good sense of, of, of who I am. And, 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 and the other characters in the movie all believe in him. There isn't. There isn't somebody who who really uh, causes him to to well, they doubt. They do himself.
0: tie him to a chair at one point. Yeah, him like, he to ties him to a chair.
2: They're all outside, kind of hoping that yeah. he's he's mm. he's going to be able to kind of like overcome this. But and they, believing uh, in, in to, I
5: think his whole journey for the entire film is realizing his potential. Like both outside of being Spider Man, because once there, once all these spider people are gone, this is his universe. This is him. This is his New York he has to be this Spider-Man. He'll have to know at some point. And that's the whole point. The whole point is, he has to... Peter was the same age when he became Spider-Man. He was 15 when he became Spider-Man. So, it's... Like, Miles is not quite sure. Like, you see it when he goes to his... um, he has that exam uh he purposely puts down the points because he doesn't want to be there because he doesn't believe he deserves to be there
2: but there's nothing there's nothing in the movie to and 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 i don't think it's that he doesn't deserve to be there i think i think that is that he doesn't want to be there he, he 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 actually kind of likes the life that he had yeah like i, I, I don't it, think there's anything in the movie to suggest that he can't uh live up to his potential. But it's it's not. I think for him, it's not worrying about
4: living up to the potential. It's about worrying about living up to the expectations. Mm, like the great expectations. Li- yeah, literally great expectations. Like his his parents believe in him. But having two parents that believe in you can again that can put a lot Just on you, best. especially if they take you out of a school. Where, where you're comfortable. You're, yeah, yeah. And, you're, and you're doing well. And they put you into a school where literally the whole point is that you're supposed to be well, I mean, super great. There's, and there's
0: a really great shot and it's a very small shot, but it's something that actually spoke to me a little bit. It's the moment where he's in class and the teacher asked, does anybody understand what this means? And that's the moment in like any other film where the smart kid puts up his hand and proves he knows he's, he's, you know he's a big fish <coughs> in a small pond. Miles puts up his hand and everybody else's hand goes up higher and faster than his does. As if to illustrate that you know he's he's in a place where he is being challenged.
2: Is this like when when you went from uh, school to uh, the center for talented youth? N- no comment. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> or, or to university? But, um, I, like, I think, are like, you
5: Miles Morales? Darren? Well,
4: anyone, anyone, can be, but, can but,
2: be um, Miles Morales. What, what had that experience? what, what, what
4: kicks off Miles' involvement in, in the plot of the movie is Spider Man. Telling, like asking him to 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 save the day, basically, mm. and again, that's somebody believing that he can do it. But that, a superhero who in this universe is like a rock star—that's like so unstoppable. his
5: own Christmas album, which, by the way, yeah, like to. yeah, he
4: believes in you. But him asking you to do that—it's a lot to put on mm. like, a, like a kid, um and. I think that the story that they're going for here is, uh,
0: as you point out, that with great responsibility sometimes comes great power. The, yeah. yeah, and, and like the, Miles has had that responsibility. And he, In my eyes,
5: it's with great potential comes great expectations for Miles. How that
2: how happened. crippling are those expectations? Quite, though? Quite, I think
5: for him, quite high. Everyone expects a lot out of him. His uncle, his mom, his dad, all his teachers.
2: Yeah, so like his teacher sets him this assignment, mm. and you he he finds his own kind of like answer to that with with uh with 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 his graffiti mm-hmm. and he did he and he like in the in the homecoming movie there's 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 this kind of um like recurring thing of of um stark uh feeling like he's not ready and being very disappointed with, with yeah. like, with, with with what with um, his behavior, and with, his with his behavior, perhaps like uh, even like unreasonably so. But but considering Tony Stark's own movies. kind of, uh, um, you'd think he'd have more understanding. <laughs> yeah.
5: Dude, didn't you create Ultron?
2: Shh, we not <laughs> talk about that one? He's like way harsh. There's nobody really in 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 this movie that isn't. Uh, that isn't rooting for. Mm, yeah. um, so, uh, like, as um, as as the audience member, it's it it's it's kind of it's not like you're the one rooting for for him. It's 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 that everybody is. Well, I was rooting
0: as well. I like, was, I, I was I, totally I, rooting for him. But I mean, I think. The oh yeah, of- yeah. But
2: the, the, like, we we're we're not we're not um, we're not any kind of closer to this character than anybody in the story is. You know.
1: I get what you're saying, yeah. actually, and um, um, because normally you're rooting for someone against the odds, but there there are no odds because everyone else is rooting for him within the film. Yeah, you're not against anyone else. He doesn't really need our support because exactly. he already has it.
2: Like the 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 the, the first kind of um, uh, meeting with uh, with Peter Parker, it's not kind of like uh, it's not exactly "get out of here, kids." Um, <laughs> It's um, oh yeah. Can you can can you help with this thing? You seem kind of uh, right, capable. Great, uh, yeah. Take well, care well, of this really important thing. I will, I will point out thing.
5: that when Peter asked him to help and do that thing, Peter was dying. <laughs> so <laughs> really, like in a, you, you know, know the coughing the coughing part. He's like Coffee's probably not good, and he was crippled. Um, <laughs> like, and as we know from any Spider Man film, the second you see any of Peter's eyes or anything outside of his mask, you know that, that, that he's messed up. So uh, the other spider people don't believe that Miles has the potential to save the day because they say one of us has to stay back. And so Peter B. Parker says, okay, then I have to stay back because they don't believe that he can do this. That that, that goes on for, like I'd say, a good portion, a, a sizable portion of the film where they're like, he's too inexperienced. He can't take on something this big at this level he's at. So one of us is going to have to make the sacrifice and stay.
0: Can so you code a the computer mainframe while you're being shot at? Can you shut off the emotions inside yourself while you're taking punches in the jaw? <laughs> Can you float through the air when you smell a sweet pie? I love no, that. No, I
5: cannot do that. <laughs> so there is
3: they,
5: like yeah, they they root from, but they root from in a in a reasonable sense. But they also doubt him. Like they they continually go.
0: They're waiting for him to, yeah, to realize it. They're yeah, yeah. waiting and
2: hoping. Yeah. No, they hoping
0: he'll come to
4: That's it. It. that's that's the way I was looking at it. For me, it wasn't a matter of them doubting him or rooting for him. When all the other kind of spider characters are introduced to Miles, it's like, oh, what kind of Spider-Man are you? Yeah. and he he's not Spider-Man at that point. Like he's just going around in somebody else's costume. Mm. Um, it's having all these characters have these expectations on him makes that that feeds into his insecurities about all these things it doesn't mean that he's not capable and it doesn't mean that people aren't rooting for him it's just for me if you've if you've ever been un, un, unemployed in your mid-twenties and had your parents be like have you got a job yet your, your parents don't think that you can't get a job or, or that kind yeah. of thing it's, a, it's the, the kind of like um, I'm, I'm trying to figure it out kind of lead me to it kind of thing
2: <laughs> this is um, a, this no, a millennial, you know, to he's a millennial <laughs> Spider-Man, Spider-Man but he's, that's he's, what he's meant to be like, he's like, gotten medals <laughs> <laughs> at every sports all the participation <laughs> yeah. trophy for a while has he earned them I totally agree with that's
5: what I literally texts
0: as Speaking of millennial Spider Man, he texts his uncle a picture with a dancing avocado in sorry, it. that's
4: that's an Instagram story. Oh, apologies, sorry. <laughs>
0: Grandpa. <laughs> I am so out of touch. I am not Cine lit,
3: unfortunately.
5: Oh. Can, I, can, I ask, can I ask anyone, talking about the film and the characters uh, a bit, um, did anyone who isn't compute, co- comic literate know that Aaron was going to be the prowler? Like Breed, Andrew? Did you see Aaron obviously being the prowler? what's, what's so the prowler the, the, the <laughs> <only has people laughs> Aaron
2: so the no I the think No is <laughs> <laughs> um, the answer what's a um, prowler uh, and where do I know yeah, yeah no I had a sense alright yeah. yeah
1: I was mostly waiting for him to die <laughs> <laughs> oh my god
5: because um, it's funny they actually drop a hint when you see his apartment for the first time uh, there's a there's a purple neon uh, panther. panther. So
2: again, like that would mean nothing. <laughs> to me. No, but it's, it's just um,
0: a nice. Like it's like, oh right, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but I mean, like, I actually really again, this is one of the things about watching a movie in a room full of kids in a way that uh, is less creepy than describing it as watching a movie in a room full mm. of kids sounds. But like, you get to well see, done, done. You get to see the audience reaction to that, like the moment where uh, even though the prowler has been stalking around Aaron's apartment um, and acts like he owns the place. When he pulls off his mask, Ashley's. Don't worry, Mister Fisk. I'll get it done. There was a gasp from like three rows over from like a three-year-old kid going, "That's his uncle." No! <laughs>
3: um.
5: <laughs> sure, when 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 he died, the screening breed and I were at. Kids started to ball their
4: eyes
1: out. There was at. a lot of tears. There was a. There was a lot of
5: death in this movie. There is a. Well, there's a lot of death in, in Spider Man's life.
4: But they didn't like. It's still a kids' movie. Yeah, they don't shirk yeah. it like. Well, I mean, like- he-
5: Wilson fisk like, it like crushing crushed. Spider-Man's yeah, chest yeah, with, his like fist. with his fists his fists like that, that's in the first 15 minutes of the film when he like goes slams him into the fist some
2: of the comic book <laughs> people tell me what's the, the 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 deal with Fisk is he just a, a, is he a big guy he's really really strong like I,
5: he's, he's he's like peak physical human condition is that he's he just works out a lot so he's really strong he
0: spends a lot of time in his dojo beating up ninjas you know like a What's that thing, a ninja thing where it covers your crotch like underwear, but it's somehow do you more exotic? Like dre- do, you, do you mean
5: he's dressed up like a sumo wrestler? Yes,
0: there we go. What's that called? What's I the thing a sumo wrestler? A gi. So he's wearing a... No, that's for... Yeah, no, that's, 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 that's for the, that's for, yeah, that's okay. for the rope, sorry. But anyway, like there's like Frank Miller sort of codified this idea of Kingpin. We uh,
2: people in Japan listening, I, do I, we? Yes, They can tell us. Kingpin can physically take over Spider-Man.
5: Should we go to the fact machine? Kingpin for
0: (laughs) I feel like we I feel like the moment's
5: (laughs) past. Kingpin for years was a Spider-Man villain. Uh, He was kind of borrowed by Spider-Man. Frank Miller for Daredevil. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And so, like, he's kind of Spider-Man and Daredevil's kind of villain, and like, he can take them on physically. Like, even though Spider-Man has like superhuman strength, Fisk can take him on in a fight. So. I, lo- I love the way that he's animated like it's yeah. just, just yeah.
4: preposterously did you like, see the did you passive. see the
5: the memes going around of what if Vincent D'Onofrio was like proportionally the same size <laughs> it's literally just a big flat it's literally just a big black wall and you just see <laughs> Vincent D'Onofrio's face in the middle <laughs>
0: But like it is like I have, and then this is kind of a nice sort of segue to talk about the animation because mm. like the animation of Fisk is modeled on Bill Sienkiewicz's um, illustrations of him, like from I think Love and War with Frank Miller, where you can and you can see in the flashbacks where it looks almost like a watercolor design. But I mean, all of the individual characters within Into the Spider-Verse are all animated in their own way. Penny Parker is animated like a 2D anime sort of figure with the big eyes and so sort of two-dimensional. Spider-Ham is animated like a Looney Tune to the point where, you know, he gets away with saying, that's all, folks, legally, apparently.
3: <laughs> um, actually,
2: it was actually very late in the production that um, they, they just assumed that Vincent D'Onofrio and John Mulaney knew that this is going to be animated. <laughs> the lengths they went to. to for those parts. Yeah, <laughs>
5: Well, it was Leif Schreiber who uh, voiced um, Kingpin.
2: Hinden. Yeah, and then they told Vincent D'Onofrio, "You're yeah, also I, not in the movie." I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "But I put on all this weight."
0: <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any idea how how much my shoulders hurt? At
2: this point? Uh, but I mean, it's, I, this I, is just like Full Metal Jacket <laughs> all over
0: again. Oh. I, I absolutely love Leif Schreiber's sort of Bronx tough, yeah. um, sort of Kingpin. The uh, hey. You're going
3: to love this. <laughs> it's a light show.
0: Um, but yeah, I kind of love that. But the the whole thing is the animation is superb. They, one of the things, one of the ways that they did it, apparently Sony are looking to patent mm. the animation style. It's, it's like that sort of proprietary and that sort of like specific. But one of the way, things that they did was they removed motion blur, mm-hmm. um, which looks uncanny apparently if you animate it. Like a lot of animation, particularly computer generated animation, will have motion blur to give the effect of like a camera looking at a person moving between frames. They removed that, which meant that in order to give a sense of movement, they had to use lines. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of like, and they sort of simulate the inking in comic books. It's like somebody, when somebody's tapping a pencil, you get like lines illustrating the movement, for example, and things like that. But you also get things like the animated on, and Graham probably appreciates this, ones and twos, uh, which is this thing where Disney used to do it, where if you animate on twos, it means that you animate 12 frames a second. Mm -hmm. And that sort of gives you an effect that sort of looks relatively fine. But if you animate on twos and then you switch to doing twenty four frames a second, that person looks like they're moving faster as mm-hmm. a result because they're more detailed. Yeah. So, like for I think, example, yeah.
2: I think it was the backgrounds um, yeah. were yeah. were framed yeah. differently yeah. <laughs> as well.
0: Yeah, they had this sort of blur, like three D blur as yeah. well. Like it looks like three D despite yeah. the fact you're not but wearing that's glasses. That's because Breed did bring
5: that up. Breed, you felt a little bit of issue with. The animation because of the blurred, the blurred uh, kind of edges of the thing you said. Uh, that to me. yeah, I've yeah. I forgotten
1: about that actually. Um, I did feel that a lot of the film it felt out of focus, mm-hmm. and I was starting to get kind of a headache <laughs> towards the end of it. To be honest, um, it just felt like anytime you tried to focus on any part of the screen that where they didn't want you to, yeah, they just horrible.
3: Yeah, the I yeah. It, yeah. the second I, I, time I
1: watched it,
4: because the second time I was trying to look for, I was like,
5: I'm trying to look out for something, and then yeah,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. It's like, don't look over there. We don't want you to look over <laughs> there right now. You <laughs> <laughs> look where we don't tell you to look. But uh, I didn't like that. I don't like being told where to look. Uh,
4: it's, it's not it's not good if, if your animation is giving people like head yeah. yeah. but so, like, what I would say is what, what, what I liked about the animation uh, and and from them doing that um, is that it, it gave it this kind of weight which I don't usually see in kind of CGI mm-hmm. and stuff like that yeah. um, It kind of like in stop motion one of the things that makes stop motion like Wallace and grammar kind of stuff, up. T- yeah <laughs> but one of the things <laughs> that gives that it's timelessness is the feeling the kind of kinetic uh, feeling that the, the character is moving mm. and moving off of, and impacting off each other hats the, like whether he's kind of tapping his pencil or, or you know kind of pigeons are flapping yeah. um, or even when Fisk gives it that big kind of smack onto Peter Parker <laughs> you say like, it you say um, it's been time <laughs> um you kind of there is an impact that you get there that very fluid and very technically astute kind of mm. animation maybe wouldn't have. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was
5: 180 animators on this, and it was incredible.
2: Incredible. I, I, I think I see that. Um, the uh, I think I'd agree a, a, a little bit with the. Uh, like I enjoyed it, but the um, ab- ab- about the animation, there, there there was a point where I thought oh this is a 3D movie <laughs> 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 just I
3: just my and yeah.
2: I, I looked around to see is anybody wearing 3D glasses did we not pick up our 3D, I 3D, 3D glasses I genuinely had yeah. the
1: exact same thought because you could see the little green and red the lines the red, outblurring
4: red lines. Lines. Yeah. that's yeah.
1: deliberate
4: like well, why it,
1: would you do that on purpose?
4: If, if, if they're looking to patent it, they probably want to work out kinks like yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> It's like when 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 Toy Story first came out, people are like, "This is amazing and yeah. innovative." If you look at the back of the first Toy Story now, you're like, "Yeah." But just by design, you're like, "Well, I mean, even this the, is the beginning." Even of the the
0: Pixar the, like the early Pixar shorts with the baby, which haunts my dreams. It's like the dancing <sighs> baby from Ali McBea. I'll never forget the Incredibles and Violet's boyfriend.
5: You know how he looked in the first one; it haunts my dreams.
4: Yeah, and and Incredibles two coming out last year, and yeah. so, you know, because you you have your your memory kind of goes, yeah, it looks like that. And it right. always looks. But like then more. your memory
5: is just like, no, we were lying to you. And then mm-hmm. yeah,
4: you see the two of them back to back, and you are like, this <laughs> the, the, this could have been improved on. Whereas yeah. at the time, you are like, yeah, it looks amazing. Yeah. You know, so. Don't give people headaches. So. Yeah.
5: <laughs> but it—not it, just the animation. I, I think technically the whole film is, tech, is a technical wonder, especially the soundscape. And I got to talking with them about this. My favorite part is the prowler and the noise he makes when he moves. Yeah, yeah. And I got to, and I asked I asked Bob Pescetti where does that noise come from? Did you act an actual panther to make that noise, like for the sound? He goes, No, 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 no. Uh, when I tell you what it is, it's gonna blow your mind, man. And I went so go on like he says. It's an it's an elephant. It's an elephant. It's an elephant making you know. I, it's not a roar. I suppose you'd call it what an elephant makes when it's you know when it trump when it uses its um, mouth. What do you call when an trunk. elephant like no, well, trumpets? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, when <laughs> an elephant like ro- no, it roars, <laughs> it roars and it roars and it like you know raises its, it's like a meowing yeah, yeah. but for elephants yeah. instead of cats. He says it's an elephant. It's an elephant sound stretched out, and oh, so we oh, put man. that over uh, the prowler whenever he would move. So when he's streaking across, like chasing after Miles, that's all you know, rah, 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 and he's like, that's a, "That's a that's a that's an elephant sound." And I just thought, that's just so. Where do you even get the idea to to make that and put that in there? To, to and I just thought it was really cool, just the idea of that sound because it mixed perfectly with how there's a blue, there's a purple kind of hue that follows the, the sorry, there's a there's a purple hue that follows the prowler wherever he moves he's moving so fast but there's also neon lights following him
2: yeah. it's cool sound. It's like an evil didgeridoo <coughs> it is it is an evil it's didgeridoo very on brand it's like I think Han- Hans Zimmer is probably upset that they revealed that it's like don't give away the family to family jewels. I told you that in confidence D- um, Hans Zimmer
0: goes back into the room full of various sized elephants <laughs> it's a didgeridoo <laughs> hey, thank you but to go back to the animation like the reason why they did that is because they wanted to emulate the look of a comic book. Because mm. comic book doesn't have a lens. So it doesn't have things like focus, for example. It doesn't have motion of it because it's still image. Um, and the reason, and obviously when you're drawing a comic book panel, you draw, as, as we all know, having drawn comic book panels. But when you're drawing comic book panels. Oh, I actually have.
2: Oh, have you? <laughs> yeah, in, in, yeah, in school. I have, uh, Captain Pancake.
0: Oh, huh. uh, me too. I mean, they weren't any good.
4: But, yeah, 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 you know, yeah, yeah, Pop them in the show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but as, as we all know from our experiences as experienced comic book artists, um, when you're drawing them, you don't draw the background with as much detail as you draw the foreground figure. And the idea was to give that sort of effect as well. Um, one of the interesting things about it is that I absolutely adore the way the movie borrows a lot of the language of comic books in a way that comic book movies haven't really done since Ang Lee's Hulk is probably the closest one to it where you have stuff like the panels popping across Mm. the screen the three origin stories obviously playing simultaneously but even stuff like when Miles gets his ability and you get like the yellow box with the text (laughs) in it for example but even things where you have like as he's walking through the school you have what looks like a double splash page laid out with various panels Illustrating like various little things, that he's paying yeah. attention to in a way that looks a lot like the yeah. work of Sarah Pacelli the artist who would have created Miles. My, my favorite
5: was um, you know you know you get a lot of sounds in comic books you know twip you know bang yeah. wallop. What are these? Clackity clackity clack. Uh, my personal favorite is when they're running out of the Alchemex building. Uh, Miles is holding a bagel, turns around, throws the bagel back at one of the scientists, and it hits him on the head and says "Bagel." I saw that <laughs> <one> the second <laughs> time; oh, Crack me up. I, I, I love that.
3: I,
4: I love when he's falling down and it goes ah, uh, and you see the letters, and, and he goes he's going back up, oh, and then when he, yeah, when he's oh. gone back up and he goes woo, and it follows him up. It was a very kind of Edgar Wrighty kind of yeah. Um, oh, did
5: you see the Edgar Wright uh, call to? Callback. There's a lovely...
4: Oh, the, cameo. the Shaun of the Dead thing. Yeah,
0: the Shaun yeah, of right. the Dead. From, from Dust, Dust, till Shaun. From Dust <laughs> And it's literally the two of them in a new, like, poster. Well, I mean, one of the things that they did, and one of the things I actually adore about the film, and this, again, speaks to the density of jokes that you alluded to with Lord and Miller, is that they asked a number of creatives who were involved in other projects, not related to Spider-Man, to mm-hmm. come up with, like... You're in an alternate universe. What would you be doing? So you have stuff like the Red Man Group. There's a, <laughs> there's a billboard up for the Red Man Group yeah. as well as book. horse uh, show with Seth Rogen. No, no. There's um, there's the hold your horses with Seth Rogen, but, which has its own story because they asked Seth Rogen like, what would you be doing in an alternate universe? And Seth Rogen texted back something. And no, no. And, and then like two seconds afterwards, the, the next tweet from Seth, the next text from Seth Rogen was hold your horses, I might actually do that one. Um, And then, so the guy said, okay, we'll take hold your horses with the slogan riding high in the saddle. um, I loved, I loved the hi, hello with John Mulaney and Nick Kroll. Yeah, on the billboard in in Times Square as well, which is lovely. John Mulaney getting double bill in here. Yeah, but I mean, even, even stuff for example, like the cola, like mm. there's Coca-Cola in Piers. Peter in Peter B. Parker's universe when he goes swinging through Times Square. You can see a Coca-Cola building. Yeah, I yeah. I thought again That's our universe
4: watching that the second time. I thought that was really clever because you see it the first time and it's like a generic, kind yeah. Of, yeah, not Coca-Cola. Name, it's Cola and sold. you're like, oh, it's the movie, so they're doing that. And then when you see that kind of the other Peter Parker and it says Coca-Cola, it's a kind of really clever way of going of yeah. uh, showing the yeah. distinction between the two of them. It,
2: can they even do that like legally <laughs> I'm sure Coca-Cola won't say I, know. That. I won't complain too much Actually, it when, when the Peter Parker says that's all
0: that's yeah.
2: <laughs> I got you a mallet it'll fit in your pocket yeah um, but
0: I mean even like in terms of that I absolutely adore for example the casting of the two Peter Parkers because I mean I think Graham pointed out in the trailer they have Jake Johnson giving the, the voice over mm-hmm. that Chris Pines does so that Chris Pine does in the film which is the you know me I've been a cereal I've been a popsicle I've been a had a Christmas number one album. Um, they had Jake Johnson do that for the trailer, so that when you're watching it in the film, you have a weird, uncanny moment where you're like, "That's not what Jake Johnson sounds no, like." And yeah. um, in fact, my brother when I went to see it got that it was Chris Pine immediately, and we were right. like, "No, no, it's it's Jake Johnson just doing a different yeah. voice." Just I like. was the
5: first press to realize it was Chris Pine. I I got to like I said, I got to meet them. We were in the press room, and I was, I was like, "Did anyone else notice that it wasn't Jake Johnson voicing voicing Spider Man at the beginning of the film?" They went, what? And so I explained to them it was Chris Pine because I, I I have a good ear for voice actors. And so I went in and went to Bob Proshetti at the end of the interview. Bob, did is Chris Pine Spider Man at the beginning of the film? He goes, shut up! <laughs> no, no, it's
4: it's very astute casting because Jake yeah. Johnson's whole kind of shtick as an actor is he could be a movie Chris if he could just. Yes. <laughs> Together. And then
5: we had the other lovely Spider-Man cameo, Oscar Isaac as uh, Miguel O'Hara. That's interesting person number one. Yeah. Yes, Spider-Man 2099. He's the Spider-Man at the very end of the film.
4: Yeah, stick around all the way to the end, people, because that's so
3: funny.
4: Because oh. <laughs> it's the Spider-Man meme of the <laughs> <Shut
3: up. laughs> what, why, why are you pointing at me? Oh, I didn't
0: start pointing at you. I'll show you pointing. <laughs> you think not been pointing at me? <laughs> um, who started <laughs> pointing first? <laughs> Obviously, Spider-Man. Um, but no, I mean, like, even, yeah, there's something like... And it's funny you should mention the Jake Johnson thing. Like, if he could get his act together, he'd be a Chris.
4: Well, it's like, if the if the movie Chris is a Digimon, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, Go so, on. Sorry to deep dive here. No, but, you're all right. You're in good company here. Uh, you know, like, Chris Pratt is kind of the the rookie level Digimon. Okay, yeah. You know, you're, with you. You're, okay. you're Agumon or, or nice. one of those. Yeah. Yeah. So, level? Jake Johnson is the the little baby
5: ones. You think he's
4: a baby one? <laughs> <laughs> he digivolves into Chris Pratt. Oh, okay. Who's like, I'm a movie Chris, Chris, Chris but I'm a schlobby. Mo- so
5: he's the champion level. Chris
4: Pine's the champion? I, oh, I actually I have to consider Are the full um, rankings wait, here. Wait, we
5: no, have, I would say Chris Evans' is ultimate level. And then I would say the final
0: Chris. The main no, 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 i tell Evans you. Was, every I'll time t- we mention I'm the Chris's, yeah. we have to do a Chris ranking. So let's do a Chris. <laughs> I'm sorry for people
4: that were cool in school for this discussion, but. Chris Hemsworth is the next one up from Chris Pratt because he's he's big looking. That's champion. He's big and impressive looking. Yeah. And then when you get to ultimate level, they tend to smooth out.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah and that's when Chris you Evans. get to Chris
4: Evans. So, who's the so that's so why so you didn't choose Pokemon. Chris Pine is the mega yeah. level. Yeah,
0: Chris Pine is the best Chris. Well, well it, I, I would it, say it works I would
4: in say terms say of this movie because he's the, the, best. Spider-Man. the best. He's the best Spider Man. He, he's Spider Man living his best life. I love yeah. the
5: idea that there's only two years He's significantly younger than Peter B. Parker. He's like at least a decade and a half younger. His life hasn't fallen to crap Yeah, not yet. I know, I know Chris,
4: everyone looks at Chris Evans like Chris Evans is a great guy I and mean, he he's is. a very talented actor but he doesn't have a super strong filmography no no no. Um, no. I would say he has
5: uh, a stronger filmography than Hemsworth though I mean like that's why, that's, show, why he's, but that's why he's
4: I'm <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, I, I think I, I mean I, I think Chris Pine in looking back is gonna mm. I think he's Kind of I
0: think it's going to age yeah. wild. I think, like, because I mean, like, none of the other Chris's have done anything as good as Hell or High Water, to pick an example. No. And I would argue that, like, there are very few Chris's who have starred in a superhero movie as good as Wonder Woman, to pick another example, yeah. or as he's good the, as this, to pick an he's example. He's the daddest Chris. Yeah.
4: Um, I, <laughs> oh, no, no I, no, I no. I realize I've slipped into
3: incomprehensibility. <laughs> no, I, I didn't mean like, really, Although really he is burning cr- in hell, as cr- Andrew's request. Chris
4: Evans would be a good dad, but, uh, you know, he's not quite there yet. Chris Pine's got dad energy about him. Mm-hmm. Uh,. The uh, what's the Ava DuVernay movie? The Selma. No, no, the, oh, the one in that he's Time. Saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, where
0: he's trapped inside a Drake video. He's trapped inside Hotline Bling. <laughs> like the premise of the Wrinkle pre- <laughs> oh, in Time is premise of Wrinkle in Time is Chris Pine is trapped inside Hotline Bling, and we have to get him back. We're,
4: we're going into the millennial verse here with
0: <laughs> <of> Hotline. <Bling>. <laughs> <laughs> um, but here's, here's the thing it's like you talk about Jake Johnson being that level there's the story he tells about when podcast. He, <laughs> when a yeah, podcast when, when he did the mummy with Tom Cruise yeah yeah and like Tom Cruise apparently like couldn't get him to Chris level and it was like really intensive he was like you're training with me seven days a week Jesus. Um, and it's like when Tom Cruise wants you to train with him you train with him apparently it was worth it though wasn't it I mean we can tell but I mean, is it worth talking a little bit about Peter B. Parker? And the sort of interesting aspects. You mean the, you mean the P- Peter that we got the most time by, with? by did, Jake
2: Johnson. You know? was,
4: uh, d- was his kind of emotional arc, was that more or less? Did that work more or
3: less? less I, nice.
2: I thought they were going to end it with him arriving at uh, her her door. And her just slapping the door, like, as, as, as soon as,
3: because I thought that was going to be like his realization had that a chance, Peter, he doesn't deserve
2: any of this stuff. He needs to kind of um, I will tell do, you uh, work for it. This is
5: the this is the interesting thing, like that, that he lost
2: her for a reason.
5: Peter B. Parker, yeah, he lost her because he could, he didn't want to have kids. That was the point. He said, "I didn't want to have kids," and it scared her. That's why
0: he left. No, it scared, scared him. him wanted, wanted,
5: she wanted kids. He didn't. She uh, and he said it kind of. I kind of broke her heart because of it.
0: Yeah, but, but, since but uh,
5: generally, kids,
2: an effort like, like, <laughs> like can can kind of can get know, anything right. Be redeemed in your eyes, no, no, but uh, like, but it has to be on on on, on, on Mary his own. Jane's uh, terms. Uh, uh, yeah, but he 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 needs he needs to do that work. He can it, like. The, the expectation can't just be that like people are going to forgive him and he's going to get everything that that, um, that he should have had all along. Well, I mean, you he, know, he does like, he
0: does do the work though. He learns like he never wanted kids and through Miles, he learns to be a father. Like mm-hmm. that's one of the things I really like about this because Luke mentioned that obviously all the other Spider-Men right. are reflections of... He comes of... back
2: and is like, maybe we could adopt. That's
0: why Miles Morales is in this universe. <laughs> but no, no, but like Luke mentioned that all the other Spider-Men exist as like mirrors to Miles' anxiety. But at the same time, you have this nice thing where they have their own arc. So, like, Peter B. Parker learns to be a father. He learns to be the teacher who can still do it with the student who can do it. But not that's as good. Well. Yeah. Um, But, like, he learns to be an actual father. Because it's very clear towards the end that he cares about Miles. Yeah. That he really, really loves him. To the point where, like, he's willing to die rather than let Miles do something that he believes Miles can't
2: physically do. I think he also really wants to die. That also there, is a, there is a yeah. little
0: thing
5: in the film where it's like, Peter kind of wants to die.
2: The well, he fight, is introduced
5: the in his graveyard in his own i like, grave. Oh, and then he just, and then he, he then kind of like destroys his grave. It's, I feel a little bit iffy about that when like they slam into Peter A. Parker's grave and it's just
4: like, ugh, that's the, the B in Peter is B. Ben. Parker obviously stands ben. for Ben. The yeah. A in Peter A. stands oh for no, a. The, 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 funny, <laughs> the funny thing is,
5: and um, this is, this is a deep dive for Graham, the Peter B. Parker is the is the is the actual main Peter Parker that we know in the comics. He's yes. from Earth six one six, which is which is in the comics the main Earth Marvel universe. So this is Peter in the future of the comics. So it's like well, I mean, oh, no. they're all appended
0: with an S to yeah. be clear, so it's not entirely clear that they are. They're all Spider verses That's why there's no Avengers in there. But that's a boring tangent. Which is I'm um, oh, Sorry. No, no, go ahead. No, it's just because you want to say about Venom, go don't you? Yeah, go yeah. No, because here's funny
5: thing. It's not even Venom. When you go down to Peter's spider (laughs) cap, he has suits, loads of suits, lovely suits. I love them all. One of them has a cape. One of them has a cape, which is weird. Um, That looks fat. At the very far far right-hand corner is a a, a suit that has gold and red on it. And anyone who's read the comics know it's from Civil War, the comic. uh, And this was a suit given to Peter by Iron Man. It's the same colors as Iron Man because Iron Man made the suit for Peter. So it's just like that suits there, which means this is a Peter that's got Iron Man, where are the Avengers. And so my brain just kind of, sorry, it's, it's the Disney Avengers are owned by Marvel. is where they are. So They're owned truly, by Disney. They're not. I joining. know, but it's just they have that suit there.
1: This upset him for quite some it time. It did I was just <laughs> like, where are the
5: Avengers? That suits there. But then they also have the suit that's from this from the Spider-Man game that was out the same year, the one with the white knuckles and the white uh, the white spider. And I realize now, as I'm speaking, I can't stop. That uh, I've said too much and so the Andrew power of editing. <laughs> I thought it was
2: interesting that you wanted more comic book yeah. characters in this movie yeah. that had, had so many comic book characters. Like, me. we talked about there being a, a, a Sinister Six. Uh, yes. They kind of already did that in... in, in, in Amazing in, Spider-Man 2. No, no, OMS, but like, uh, like the... in, in, in this. There yes, are like... so many.
0: Like there's Doc Ock is there, for example. Scorpion. There's Tombstone, a scorpion. There's Tombstone, to pick an example. Yeah. No, there's a the There's green goblin. Sorry. Did you notice that... And I loved this
5: because I didn't notice this actually until this third watching. When Peter points out that he's going to infiltrate the lab and get the codes off the evil scientist there is a silhouette of a guy that looks like Doc Ock. And it's not until Miles points out, oh, it's a female scientist, she's the lead scientist, and he goes, oh, my old personal biases are now gone. So uh, that was actually, yeah. the, yeah. the actual scientist Peter yeah. imagines is Doc Ock. The Doc Ock we all know.
0: Yeah.
5: And so I said, like, I never noticed that until that third outing. I'm like... There is so much to unpack in this film.
0: Uh, I mean, wait. there's also the fact that, like in in the comics, Aunt May and Doc Ock dated for a while. Yeah, which no, no, no. But in this film, I'm
2: aware of that. With, yeah. with this, this ring, thing, i web. <laughs> hey, but like but, no, no.
0: but in this in this film, when Doc Ock arrives at the Parker house, yeah. Aunt May, who is no, played no, by Lily Tomlin, says, "Live." Um. <laughs> oh no! She goes. Oh, it's live, and that has
5: I, I fell in a horrifying rabbit hole. I don't say horrifying because that's that's rude. Well, I was. Did Twitter. you look at the fan art? I did. He did. I was on Twitter and I was just like, because there's a thing now, uh, hashtag Spider Sona. <clears throat> Fans, artists all over the world have now made their own Spider ver- self. Yeah, well, like it would made a like, Spider Man. Anyone wear the mask? Yeah, anyone because wear the mask? So they're all making their own versions, and like they have this power, they have this suit, and it's all really beautiful. And then I fell in a rabbit hole of that whole line everyone was like oh uh, it's live it's like people started to dive a little too deep into what that means i was like so aunt may in the comics is into doc ock so aunt may in this universe must also be into doc ock doc ock is a girl so aunt may is a lesbian and there was fanfic uh, that i saw on twitter
2: and that doesn't sound upsetting right? <laughs> it's not upsetting
5: it's just like, <laughs> huh. like it's no, a it's, beautiful just, thing.
2: it's, it's just, been- just
1: like i'm just like Wow.
2: I feel like I could re- go deeper. Um,
1: Sorry, I, I did. You should understand from this that Graham is very upset in general by fan fiction. I'm not. It generally upsets him. I
0: don't. But, I mean, to be honest, Graham, it, it's a woman with tentacles. There's no way there wasn't going to be fan art or fan fiction. <laughs> I mean, didn't
5: you trench for a little while when you showed up that picture? Oh, of Venom? Venom, yes. Well, Venom
0: is, I think when we had Stacey on talking about it, The Star is Born, she's talking about how The Star is Born is the internet's boyfriend, but Venom is the internet's. <laughs> Currently, um, <laughs> and also Venom is in the
5: Spider Verse. That's a uh, that's a really funny thing. Well, the there's, Ven- even, there's even little pictures of Peter B.
0: Parker with Venom, and they're just like they're just, they're just friends I mean, like hanging out. Yeah, well, I mean, the best part of Venom was the bit where they said, "Oh, meanwhile, there's this Spider Man coming <laughs> out later in the year." I think you
5: mean the best part was when Venom and and, uh, and Eddie were just like hanging out, talking, like best buds. That's what you mean. The best part of Venom was all of Venom. Yeah, that's the
4: that's best
3: right. film of really? 2018. I did, apart
4: from uh,
1: the 20 minute gap.
5: What 20 minute what gap?
1: Oh, no, in Venom, I just felt there was a 20 minute oh, jump she does. Oh, Where yeah. the story just like suddenly skips and it's like, oh, here we are now. And it's like, wait, did we miss the thing? Yeah, she, she was just, yeah, yeah Bree
5: just The bit the the
4: like, where like, they're mice. running through the forest together.
0: Yeah, yeah. the movie
1: yeah, literally, yeah.
4: <laughs> Venom um, literally has like, Venom personality change. In the hospital, yeah, and then it's like it felt like 40 minutes of the <laughs> <laughs> had been Tom, Hardy, Tom
5: Hardy did say 40 minutes had the carriage
4: Characters yeah. been and gone, like you know, <laughs> yeah. somebody died, maybe <laughs> very strange. But, but people
0: really enjoyed them, but yeah, so but I mean, in terms of it's amazing how the film just sort of runs with it because it's like it introduces concepts like scorpion, like tombstone, like doc Ock like the prowler and just assumes that you're going to go for it without getting an origin story very for you. Busy, scorpion very gets busy nothing. movie yeah uh, yeah scorpion but it's nothing he just introduces like oh you're scorpion okay um
4: was it like was it too busy again like if you if you mm. if you if you're, if you're mm. like oh if you're the kind of person that's like oh cool it's the scorpion that's that that's that's, that's <laughs> yeah. a good thing but if you're like who oh, the fuck is this guy <laughs> yeah. you know I, why I do i care
2: it contributes as well to to us Kind of maybe not investing or, or me anyway, not investing enough with kind of the story of Miles or the story of Aaron, um, which which kind of if given a, a bit more space, maybe like I, I suppose I did argue that kind of some of the dynamics of this were maybe responsible for that. And even given plenty of time, mm-hmm. we might not feel so sorry for, for 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 miles for and miles. His, he's off school and yeah.
0: all his opportunities and people who yeah. believe
4: in him.
5: Yeah, like I, I think you <laughs> I actually feel sorry. Damn, one percent. It,
4: it's hard to deny that the kind of Uncle Aaron stuff is isn't kind of rushed through. Yeah. I, I, the the way that they do the reveal with um with Olivia Octavius
0: is it it kind that was quite cool <laughs> in isolation. Yeah, I she's kind of a cool, Yeah. yeah. Because Character everybody knows in, Doc Ock. Because not even, not only is he like one of the most iconic Spider-Man characters, he was yeah. in Spider-Man Two, which is the best loved Spider-Man film. There's and, no way you don't know who Doc Ock and is. And
4: you don't necessarily kind of see that coming because she's kind of set up as the the hippie the scientist. scientist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even
5: though, if you if you notice, and you probably I, notice, I did say yeah, that. The there's same a there's a tentacle like there's a, one of her arms is on the desk. Yeah. She also well, has
0: uh, octagonal glasses
4: yeah. as well. When you. you when when he comes in late into science class, yeah. and she's yeah, on the...
0: Yeah, her surname is obscured,
4: her, which is quite. You nice. can see is her name Octavia, there. You yeah, see yeah.
0: Octavia,
5: and then the O, and that's literally. And it's just obscured. But
4: when it. I when I saw the film the first time, and she's on, she's in the classroom on the, on the TV. I was like, it's like Miss Frizzle from the Magic School Bus. <laughs> <laughs> so my mind wasn't even going into this is a you character know, who's going to show that up. If you up you like want. Yeah. But um, my point is, like, she is a kind of good character and a well-realized character mm. in isolation but if she's not there you would maybe have a bit more time with aaron yeah. or with the prowler enough that you might notice that there's a character. i <laughs> suppose <As awesome>. the, <laughs> yeah. the reason yeah. they had was
5: a, te- a, a very technical reason was that um there are six spider people in this film like they can take on they need a, a force to actually take them yeah on. like, like yeah. technically peter himself uh, a full-powered spider-man uh, person can take on a Sinister Six. That's the
0: whole point. That a Spider-Man yeah, Sinister Six. Tombstone is a bit crap, to be honest. <laughs> yes, he quite weak he this. gets hit in the crotch with a baseball bat, um, and then well, punched by Spider-Man Noir because he's black and white himself. I yeah.
2: suppose, like, make, make, uh, may, maybe, maybe the move then is to make this more like concretely an ensemble piece, and and not mm. um, have the, the 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 focus on Miles. I think I think maybe they they wanted though to yeah. for for understandable reasons I, per, perhaps like a little bit because of some of the like um, Spider-Man Homecoming was a very diverse movie but there was there were, there were there was a small amount of backlash about it because they felt that it didn't go far enough and that it should have been a Miles movie. Yeah, I was um, one of those. Yeah. yeah, me too. Um, and and. and like by by per per perhaps having Miles as the focus of the, this address some of that and making it making it just an ensemble where where they're telling all the different stories and it's interesting as well because it's like anyone can be a hero and also anyone can be a villain you can be any <laughs> sort of person <laughs> yeah, whatsoever. yeah I mean, you you can, you can have your own tragic backstory. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: wonder, i actually quite liked about it and it, it comes up very briefly it's like the discussion of like uncle aaron as a villain and like when we were at the screening one of the things was one of the kids at the screening really didn't get why uncle aaron was a villain he's like is he pretending to be bad is he is he really good but he thinks this
2: is what's going on it, it didn't and, really explain why um uh uncle aaron had how how he had become a villain either
5: uh, they kind of allude to it that he, the, the dad says it in. Well, we you know, are, his, Yeah, they basically says that his, he like he doesn't trust his uncle that he like they, they always had a kind of crime kind of life and that he went down the wrong path. It's alluded to very briefly, um, and then it's just like that. That's pretty much it. In the comics, they explain it further, like how Aaron and um, yeah, and but the, none Jeff. of that was in the no movie. no. Yeah. But in this, they just basically said uh, like you see are little. It's little bits of, of Miles going, but Uncle Aaron's a good guy. And you see Jeff going, well, Uncle,
3: Izzy-ish.
0: like, Jeff argues that, like, Aaron made choices. But yeah. it's one of the things, and again, but it's. won't say it to his teenage son. But it's one of the things that, again, this is one of the things that is quintessentially, like, Spider Man to me. And one of the things the movie does very well, like, it gets Spider Man, is this idea, and it's something Bendis did in the comics <laughs> a lot as well, is the idea that, like, with great power comes great responsibility, Spider Man's thing. And the idea is that what makes Spider Man special is that he had this gift given to him. He had this opportunity present itself to him. And he chose not to enrich himself. He chose not to do the thing that was easy. not to do the thing that gets him the swanky pad, which Aaron lives in, with, you know, it's it's high-definition TV and it's Purple Panther thing going on and it's punching bag and all that sort of really nice hip stuff going on in there. Peter chose, and Miles, chose to do the hard thing because it's the right thing to do. And Bendis argues that, like, the biggest difference between Peter and his villains or between miles and his villains is not any tragic backstory that the villains have because miles and peter have their own tragic backstories it's that when they're given that power when something happens to them they have an accident like they get fused with it with four tentacles for example or they're turned into a giant lizard man or they're blown up into a giant green goblin. Or they get these cool things that make sounds like elephants blowing air through their trumpets. Through their trumps, you know. You'd, trumps.
4: You look like a tombstone then. Yeah. Arabic
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, or if you look like a big square block with a face in the middle of it, like if you use you have a choice then to use that for good or to use yeah. it for ill. Are
2: you going to set up a TGI Fridays chain? <laughs> oh <laughs> God, that was so funny. <laughs> um,
0: but like, I, I think the film and your the film doesn't go into as much depth as it could. And part of me thinks that's because we've had so many superhero movies that have done that. We've had so many superhero movies that have done like the Uncle Ben story or the story of like the two people who are friends and one becomes a villain and one becomes a hero okay. that it
2: understands it can do the but broad outline how, of how much is it though to do with kind of like the Avengers movies and the, the kind of like Justice League and this tendency to 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 have like... And the, the, the in, Infinity War was like... Incredible, because of the amount of moving pieces. Um, yeah, yeah. But it, it, and and is it it like like that? It's not it's not enough for um to have for one for Man. people to kind of focus on um I guess one or two characters and and one or two villains.
0: That makes sense to a certain amount because I mean, like you are dealing with a a world where like the big superhero team ups are the thing of the future. Like you're talking about like Harley Quinn's getting her own movie with the Bird of Prey, for mm-hmm. example, and that sort of stuff. You're dealing with like the question of like, will Batman even have a solo movie before the next Justice League or whatever?
3: Yeah, where the Avengers, like, where well, everything is well, brand new. We had an
5: update. Matt Reeves says that uh, production starts in November. But uh, Graham, you were saying they're
4: already they're already doing sequels and spin offs to this. Yes. Isn't one of them supposed to be Spider Gwen and Jessica Drew and Jessica Silk? Drew?
5: Like, yeah, all the Spider Women are gonna yeah. be in one film. Like, sh- so that that definitely will be an ensemble. I feel like that's gonna be an ensemble. Maybe Gwen will be at the center of it. Yeah. Um. They've already laid the foundations of it with Miguel's cameo. Uh, the little device that he has makes sure that when you travel to an alternate universe, you don't start to go. You don't even to start to glitch. So that's what his. That's kind of what they laid the foundation for. When he puts that device on, he won't glitch when he goes to an alternate universe. Yeah. So they're already setting the stage for which, the next sequels, which is cool.
4: But I. I mean, I, I don't know if that's you know that. I, that is a kind of a we have to do teams and yeah. we have to yeah. kind of bundle everyone together. Kind of mm. a financial yeah. decision, you know. It that's a cool decision. Looking at it from one point of view, but like if you could get Silk as your own kind of movie, you're not going to get be that. In the Spider like... Gwen film, I believe.
0: Yeah, but yeah, like, but I mean, not not, not her as her own, own yeah. kind oh, of thing. Could, yeah. like, no, no, it, but, like it could continue to. It would still it. be a Silk movie. Though. Oh does no! Just just
2: no, no. just go kind of like fractally. Like you mm-hmm. you, you, you you take one character and put you them have in like a whole universe, and then you go into another universe and have a movie where it's like. Now instead of uh, six characters and one of them is a woman, you have uh, a movie where there's uh, six women and one of them uh, them six is, women, yeah. and then you're going to go further where you're going to focus around that woman. Um, yeah, and,
0: but she's uh, going to be part of an ensemble as well because you want to have more. You know, you want to have more toys you can sell. You want to have more that you can market. You will really want, to, as we pointed at the start of this episode, as a nice bookend, the idea that you know. You're going to build a Spider Verse. Yeah. You're going to build a universe around this one property you have, which is Spider Man. E- eventually, there'll be a Spider
2: Man movie in which it's just like us, like wearing yeah. pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then they'll
5: finally do the proper Spider Verse story, and the inheritors will be introduced. Yeah, <laughs> one of the
0: best things about this movie is that it completely ignores the Spider Verse story. The Spider Verse story is a good story. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, but anyway, um, just before before we wrap up, I actually, the, the climax of the film is uh, the wonderful thing, the animation where like you get this infinite level of New York laid upon itself, mm-hmm. which is absolutely beautiful. Because I think one of my big issues with uh, Homecoming was that there wasn't nearly enough Spider-Man swinging through buildings because it was set in Queens, it was set around Manhattan, but not in Manhattan. And like one of the things that I really like about Spider-Man is that he's a hero who's designed for the urban environment. He's designed to like travel through these glass canyons that are built vertically. And the idea is that he can bounce between them with his webs, he can cling to walls. He's a hero who is designed by Ditko and Lee to like be perfect for Manhattan as opposed to he couldn't work in Los Dublin. Angeles. He couldn't work in Dublin or Los Angeles or London. And so like one of the things I didn't like about Homecoming and one of the things police
2: like, a very limited area <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. um, um, well, of like you, Los Angeles. Sure <laughs> it's so like normalize. sorry I only I only I only stop crimes in downtown. Yeah. So sorry. Maybe, maybe I can get as far as Chinatown. <laughs> yeah. well, to be fair we
5: saw century,
0: these yes. spider people are really for the go because they take buses. Um, they know. Well, no, but but, I mean, that's a sort of acknowledgement of that. But I like that the climax of the film understands that about them and so decides to give them this mm. infinite sprawl of New York oh. where you just have skyscrapers that bend crashing, into each, crashing other. into each other. And it's like it's like the heightened the most Spider-Man of environments. The, like, take,
2: the take out of Dark <laughs> Hawk <laughs> Yeah with the boss.
0: <laughs> okay
5: this fight's going to take eight. That was incredible. Bus, yeah. Or like when when Pete, when Miles swings up into the air and then careens down really fast between two colliding skyscrapers and Peter and Gwen are like I taught him that. No, you didn't. And I definitely didn't. But, even but again, though, like uh, it's a very funny gag where, where she
4: gets hit by the bus. But oh. again, you, you've invested a lot of the time into this character and then you just kind of <laughs> write her off with a gag. Yeah, where is she? If, <laughs> if your other kind of villain character doesn't potentially work because you've not spent enough time with them, mm, yeah, <laughs> you could have, I, I don't know, you could maybe use it in a different way. Are you a way. fan of Liv
5: and not a fan of, uh, of Fisk? Well, no, it's it's not about being of not. If
4: if if certain characters aren't working as well as they could, you kind of there are choices choice you can make time, about huh? where you distribute yeah. the
3: time. Yeah.
2: the whole thing about uh, like like um, Fist being kind of. Um, uh, uh, tied up kind of in, in, oh, in, the, in the webs uh, yeah, sort of like a, your an object of, of, of fun almost. Doesn't, mm. It doesn't really kind of work for me as well. The, I, the I, I, is,
5: that's that, that's Spider-Man. Spider-Man's technically a bully to his villains. He ridicules them while he's beating them up.
2: The, like, the, it it feels like that was... Because like, you've seen it in lots of movies before where the, where the hero wants to save the villain, but because of the villain's kind of, like, flaws, the villain is kind of, like, taken out. Yeah. Rather rather than just kind of, like, handed over to the police. Mm, yeah. Which didn't seem like an appropriate I mean,
3: for... <laughs> for but, Kingpin. Well, well, yeah. well, Kingpin kind cause... of bit in a car, so... <laughs> and and also Kingpin
2: probably has great lawyers yeah I mean he is connected like
0: Like, that's the thing where like where he says you can't actually do anything against Kingpin because he's connected yeah, yeah, like uh, Spider-Man tells him. He tells him. that like, yeah, he has everyone in his pocket. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. believe that because because he. But I, I, now, Kingpin's now watch. that you mention it, though, I do want the scene where Jeff is trying logistically to figure out how you get Kingpin downtown. You in the an old school paddy wagon, <laughs> and
4: he's, he's got everyone in his pocket, <laughs> no. including apparently Mary Jane. I thought that was a bit weird, where um, he's having like the gala thing yeah. for for Spider-Man. Yeah, Mary the, Jane would know what's going um, on there.
2: I want to see the post credits where Mary Jane is like, um, uh, I hate what this new spider-man is doing <laughs> to the it's legacy po- it's the, the way he has treated kingpin who has been so <laughs> kind to me <laughs> and so since my, yeah so we can do uh,
5: it's in a, in a thankless role uh, a thankless a close close friend She's
0: not in it nearly enough um but yeah
1: yeah her Sorry. reaction to the appearance of another peter parker should have maybe been well,
5: she doesn't so know. Mary it. Jane never sees him. doesn't
0: know. It's
1: the waiter. Yes. Oh, I know, I know. But it just seemed like a strange kind of thing to have because he had that moment where he got to speak to her. Yeah, yeah. but she didn't
5: know it was
0: him.
3: Yeah, she didn't get him that. Good yeah. Oh, exactly. yeah, she
0: didn't
1: I'm get aware him good that of that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, I just wish I had another chance to bring you that bread <laughs> that you deserve. I, I wish they could just fill this whole room with bread. Dude, are not getting her bread. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank yeah the go. worst part after all of that she's definitely not getting bread the building
5: collapsed yeah, yeah well you don't want a building
4: collapsing around you on an empty stomach <laughs> but you eat it, them carbs yeah, In exactly. get away
1: but and,
2: and on top of that it just seemed like a platitude <laughs> the, the 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 him him saying how sorry he was and and then like obviously like talking about how much he's listening and he's not listening at all
4: <laughs> he'll show up back at that door and she'll be like where the hell's my bread and <laughs> and and, Jane. I don't have <laughs> Do you realise
2: who I am? I could tell Kingpin (laughs) about this whole exchange about how you didn't get the bread. Um,
3: Yeah.
0: Damn. All right. um, Is there anything else you want to talk about with the film that we haven't talked about already? I really liked it. (laughs) (laughs) That might have come across. I think we got that. Um, I like the Bende dots uh, that they used in animation to simulate Mm. the four colours. And I also like the Kirby crackle that happened when the universe was sort of exploding. Also the, the Stan Lee cameo. Was very nice. One of the most touching, I think he's had,
5: and it's it's quite timely. Like it, it's almost as if he knew. But weirdly, weirdly. Yeah. I,
4: I now no, it it helps that this is a character that Stanley at least had something to do. <laughs> 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 Stanley's cameo in this film is very touching. His, it would be very weird if it was Venom. And, and it would, yeah, it, it would be touching even if he hadn't uh, passed away in the time between yeah, it it is. being recorded and then coming out. His cameo in Venom. <laughs>
5: I, that, I just I, I just can't. I'm
4: rooting for you. too. He's got nothing whatsoever to do with that character. But does anyone read? And it? like his his cameo in like Deadpool, it's it, it, yes. it kind of like it.
0: was Because he was
2: the executive producer of the movie, right? Right, but he's not doing do the around. like
0: the the creation of that character, yeah. Yeah. work on that character. And I mean, I like it's, it's highly it's, debatable the extent to which he was involved in the creation of various other characters on which he's credited to be. Yeah. Right,
4: but it, it it speaks to how that. That Stanley cameo in Into the Spider-Verse works as an emotional moment yeah. that, you know, it, it works outside of the fact that he's died. Because for someone who has kind of a complicated uh, relationship. relationship with with Stanley, that still worked for me. Like, uh, even even if I find him to be kind of a, a shyster yeah. or a hopster you know. sort of thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, yeah, because there is. It's that, that weird thing where Stanley is simultaneously this incredibly sweet, almost grandfatherly figure to an entire generation of people who grew up with these characters and how he's inevitably associated with them to the point where he's showing up in movies of characters in which he has no association whatsoever. You point out Venom, Deadpool, stuff like that. But to, even to people who have an understanding of his legacy where there were huge fights over The level of his contribution to things like Spider Man, his level of his contribution to things like the Fantastic Four with Jack Kirby, the argument over who actually created these characters and concepts, and the fact that they're not really, they haven't been settled and won't be settled because so many of the people involved are now passed away. Um, And the idea that, like, the thing that's so great about his cameo here is that it allows both facets of that character to shine through. You have the incredibly touching moment where he tells Miles, It always fits eventually, which is this profoundly touching idea that gets at like that thing in the mid credit sequence where Stanley says he who does right because it is right. That is a real superhero. And then you have the the smile, which is the classic salesman smile and the camera pan over to no (laughs) refunds ever, which underscores how much of a huckster and a smooth talker this guy is because Lee, that's what Lee was. He was obviously, he was involved in the creation of characters to an extent, but the reason why he's known by most people who have no understanding of the mechanics of his role is because he was such a salesman. Because he sold himself. To the true believers, you know, Excelsior, the bullpen, stuff like going on television and doing interviews about this, being on radio, talking about them as if he owned them, as if he still owned them. People today still believe that Stan Lee is the guy who writes Spider-Man, even though he hadn't written a Spider-Man since the newspaper, you know, ended, the newspaper comic ended decades ago. There's this sort of like, And I feel the movie kind of encapsulates that aspect of him where you can look at it and you can find something truly touching and meaningful in the way that people look at things like Spider-Man and see something truly meaningful in the idea that no matter how hard he gets hit, he gets back up again. And the idea that heroism actually matters and that maybe these stories you're reading might inspire you towards some greater good. But it also works in the sense that, you know, yes, Lee was also an extremely good self publicist mm-hmm. and that's a large part of it. He's the flavor flavor of, of, of comic books. <laughs> yeah.
2: What's it, the what? the the founder? Sorry, the
0: Stanley biopic.
2: I reserve. mean,
4: in the end, like like I say, Stanley Stan was this kind of uh, person that took too much kind of credit for yeah. for a lot of these characters. Uh, I, it, it is kind of nice and important as well that this film. Uh, gives tribute to Steve Dicko as well.
3: Yeah, Who mm. yeah.
0: passed away in the same year.
4: It, it, it also represents his point of view by having Spider-Man in there. This kind of objectivist, uh, absolutist kind of kind of guy. Um, but like, like it. You have to. You can inform people that Stanley wasn't the the, yeah. the be all and end all of every Marvel character and comic book ever, while also kind of still acknowledging his contribution. Mm-hmm. And I think this film did that like quite well mm. you know um, the the kind of the, the, the perspective that Spider-Man's the character that, that gets up every time when he gets knocked down and that that kind of that does come from, from Stan Lee's writing and his perspective mm. on and the it character
5: it just persists till today yeah
4: like Dick was the guy that made Peter Parker the creepy weirdo who's going to show <laughs> everybody I think Stan Lee was the guy that, that, that made the him pick people, up bro. the big heavy machinery thing well, I mean, yeah. that's on, on top of
5: him kind of yeah.
0: Like, I mean yeah there's that like this the Roger Stern story nothing can stop the juggernaut which is basically Spider-Man getting knocked down for 32 pages there's or
4: that. if this be my destiny that was yeah. kind of the big uh, uh, stand. that's the one where he's under the machine pushing up
0: with the, and again like Ditko's work there where the panels get gradually larger as the pages go on to give this idea of Peter literally making more space which is, is remarkable as well do you, do you sorry have, this is a very nerdy yeah, episode
5: have you even done it now in like recent uh, arcs of um, uh, Spider-Man Worldwide? Where he's lost everything and people are kind of decrying him and saying that he's not the hero that they want anymore. He still saves them. And he still finds. He still finds solace in saving people.
4: It's a better cameo than the cameo in the Spider-Man video game, <laughs> where he's. Uh, oh God, the new one. He's, yeah, yeah, where Stanley's in like the diner. Yeah, like, yeah. Leering in on this
5: conversation he's between like, you two are my favorite couple. I'm glad you're back together. Thanks, old it, man. <laughs> if you've If
4: you've not played the Spider-Man video game, there's a scene where Peter Parker and Mary Jane are talking in a diner, and Stanley's the guy who owns the diner and he's like oh, I hope you two kids get back to like he's, he wants them to ride is the <laughs> implication and when you've created I mean, when you've created, I, I mean, I when you've the created these characters it's kind of this <laughs> troubling
0: narrative. I mean that, that's <laughs> what that's what Graham finds when he looks on Twitter only <laughs> <Yeah.
5: laughs> <Well>, sometimes uh, <laughs> what I think is really funny is 2018 I think was the uh, it's funny to say it, the year of the spider I mean Spider-Man had a huge resurgence in popularity from Infinity War, uh, a lot of people like really got attached to that film and hit, and Peter in that film. Um, Venom uh, <laughs> shows a new avenue of the Spider Universe that maybe people didn't quite. A add sexier on avenue. <laughs> and then there's the Spider. man What does he game- do with that tongue? As well, yeah. And then there's the Spider-Man game for the PlayStation Four, which is adored and it's talked about so much in in the in like so many different circles. And then you have this film to cap it off at the end of the year. Proving once again that Spider Man is everyone's—you know—you could like, you know—they don't say it; so they don't let anyone say it. But with great power comes great responsibility, and it's—it's it's a universal, multiversal kind of message.
3: Yeah.
0: All right, so I think that about wraps it up. Unless there's anything else anyone wants to say, but if uh, you were to recommend something, you were, if there's something that you're enjoying that you'd like to recommend for our listeners, or even something that you've done that you'd like to draw attention to. Uh, where can listeners find a bit more Breed, a bit more uh, Graham, and a bit more Luke in their lives? Uh, I, I suppose I'll start.
5: Um, I just finished watching uh, what was it called? Seven Deadly Sins season two. Uh, it's an anime. It's really cool. It's just it's on Netflix, um, and I'd recommend it to any anime fans. And um, yeah, you can just find me at Game Air and all my reviews are. I have a review of the Spider-Man game which I absolutely adored it was my game of the year Uh, just narrowly beat out God of War and uh, yeah I'm at uh, Game Air on Twitter and I'm also on I'm also Graham Geek Air on Twitter as well so it's me
1: I generally avoid being contactable she does uh, if if it's urgent contact Graham and he'll annoy me about it I will
0: (laughs) Is there anything you'd like to recommend for people? Anything that you're enjoying at the moment that you think the I world mean, should maybe... A book perhaps?
1: I will always recommend books yeah, at all times. Cool. But um, hang on. Give me a minute. Okay. What about
4: you? You can find me on Uh I mean, you maybe don't check every day because that'll just make me feel bad about how <laughs> much work I, I put it on there. But if you check every couple of weeks, you'll find something, something new and interesting. <laughs>
3: yeah,
1: I've... I've That's the kind of question I need a lot longer to prepare. The Cosmere? You want to mention
0: Dennis Anderson at
2: all? He doesn't have anything out at the moment. He has the comic book. I mean, you gotta mention Metra. Anyway, what about yourself, Andrew? Myself? Um, I am am on Twitter. I'm aquiniukwa. A-Q-U-I-N-N-I-U-Q-A. And you should... Uh, they don't pay us to say this but Saito industries I mean they are pay- <laughs> they are paying us I don't they, we asked them kind of what kind are of they copy us? they are they may have stopped well I want to thank them for for all their support they they I, we, we asked them if we could say a little something about um, about all of the support they've given us and they said you asked too many questions and <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'd, um, I'd, I'd, I'd just like to thank them. Cool.
0: Um, um, I would like to recommend, because this is a comic book movie, I recently read uh, Mitch Gerard's and Tom King's Mr. Miracle. Uh, which is oh, fantastic is a... it also has a really nice Stan Lee cameo in it where it takes Jack Kirby's screw you Lee uh, character Funky Flashman and turns him into the nanny uh, for the child um, that's supposed to be Stan Lee yeah oh my that was invented Jack Kirby wrote that as a gigantic screw you to the guy who he felt usurped all of his uh, wow yep yeah, and Tom King and Gerard King and Gerard basically take the character and turn him into this adorable nanny for their kid who tells fantastic stories but makes sure to properly credit all of his collaborators this time around which is very sweet uh, but it's actually it's one of the best comics I've read in years so if you're interested in comic books I would wholeheartedly recommend that one uh, you can follow me online at Darren underscore Mooney um, and the podcast itself is now available on Stitcher on SoundCloud on Spotify you can follow us on Twitter at At The 250 uh, we've had a really phenomenal uh, run we had a lot of it, just want to say a very quick thank you to everybody who's been listening to
3: our, our podcast absolutely
2: uh, thanks to some of our re- reviewers um, you've you got us on the charts yeah. Um and um yeah it's it's it, it's really been amazing. Thank you so much it's crazy that you're uh, <laughs> like what, what i i suppose the way to do a podcast is not to expect any of this <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> and we would have been crazy too but, but thank you yeah, very much guys. thank you so and much we
0: are genuinely uh moved by and anyway, we'll be back next week where hopefully we'll have Anya o'connor talking about roma uh, alfonso Caron's uh recent film an oscar best picture contender it looks like um so join us next week when we talk about that uh take it easy guys bye
4: Bye.
1: Bye. Bye. Bye.
0: Spiderman. <laughs> Thank you.